You know, as soon as you get your GED, somebody always got the nerve to go, now you can go to college. Slow down. I think it's obvious high school is busting my ass. You can't go to no college with no GED. Only college you can go to with a GED is community college. Enrollment in higher education suffered across the board during the pandemic. Community colleges faced the sharpest declines overall. More than 700,000 students, many of them lower income, dropped out or delayed school. That is a 13% drop from 2019. Black male students left in droves, down 21%. Even before the pandemic, there were concerns about black men completing their degrees. Stephanie Sai reports on efforts in California to reverse that trend. It's part of our latest series on Rethinking College. Every morning, Chris Adams is in the zone, studying for the LSAT like his life depends on it. For the 34-year-old recent UCLA graduate, law school wasn't always in the cards. My parents moved a lot when I was young, so I went to different schools and just being in different environments where they probably didn't understand, you know, where I came from or who I was. And you were a child. Yes. I was looking for guidance, didn't really know how the academic settings would be, didn't really know what to expect, didn't have like good studying habits. Adam's school trouble led to him being arrested at 16 and juvenile detention. He dropped out of high school and became a dad. His educational prospects dimmed. What's more important, uh, you know, taking care of your family, you know, paying the bills or going to school? Yes, His local community college in Sacramento offered a gateway back into education. Everything changed when he met Edward Bush, the president of the college. Every student has the potential to succeed in college when given the correct support and tools necessary to be successful. So with the situation with Chris, he had the passion, he had the intelligence to be successful, but was struggling just because he didn't have practical tools. Chris Adams found a mentor in Bush. I want to do all these different things, and he listens, and he just gives me a nice little plan you know, on how to achieve that. He gives you a plan. He gives me a plan. Put in those hours, you know, how many units it says that you are completing, that's how many hours you should be spending. If it's three units, spend three hours studying. I never thought about it like that. He graduated with honors from Kasumnas River College and transferred to UCLA. Black males are not the thing that need to be fixed. It's the structures in which they interface with that needs to be disrupted and changed. Bush co-founded AMEND in 2006 with a mission of fostering success for black men at California's community colleges. We focus not only in providing support to the student, but I think most importantly, we look at structures that have been barriers for our students. Students and educators from across the state recently attended a men's annual conference in Los Angeles. If this is your first time here, I, I just want to tell you, this is a different kind of conference. It was as much about networking and learning as it was a celebration. Oftentimes people want to focus on, oh, this UC or the state system or these private schools or this or that. It's about community colleges. This year was the first in-person gathering since the pandemic, which took a disproportionate toll on communities of color. The racial inequities that were laid bare by the pandemic are also at play in education, says Bush. Many of our students can go entire K through 16 and not have one black male teacher. And that's not the case 
for other ethnic or racial groups. And so because there's a lack of connection, they don't have the same information poured into them over a period of time. And so that creates a gap in opportunity and knowledge necessary to be successful. 70% of black men in California pursuing higher education attend a community college, but degree attainment and completion lag behind other groups. A recent analysis by the Education Trust found about 27% of black men held a college degree, compared to just over 44% of white men. That has impacts beyond the ivory tower of college. Higher levels of education often mean higher incomes, more spending power, and less likelihood of incarceration. Bush also explains the black male achievement gap as rooted in historical discrimination and psychological. There's a lot of internalized negative stereotypes about who we are. For example, like you get on an elevator and someone is in there, they clench their purse. Are you walking down the street, someone will go on the other side. These are daily occurrences that sometimes we put in the back of our mind because the totality and the weight of it is difficult to carry. During the pandemic, community college enrollment suffered broadly, but black men saw the steepest decline, continuing a downward trend that Compton College has put resources toward fighting. With most classes still taught virtually under pandemic protocols, the campus was largely empty. But college president Keith Curry is particularly concerned about the absence of black men in enrollment figures and in other metrics of success. And my data is showing that the black men are not doing well in retention uh, within a particular course. They're not doing well in persistence coming back the next semester. They're not doing well regards to graduation rates. We have to do something different. Compton College is located just south of downtown Los Angeles. The area has seen the black population decline in recent years, but black male enrollment at the college has fallen even more. Enrollment of African-American men plummeted from 919 in the fall of 2019 to 269 in the fall of 2021. It might not affect all of our groups on campus, but the, particularly the black and male of color students are, is our priority based off the data. So what can we do as an organization to fix that? That's the key to it, is just really being thoughtful. For it. Using it's pandemic it. relief funding, he created the position of, of director of black and males of color success at Compton College. But for these individuals, oftentimes it was just one person at the campus saying, hey, I'm going to take you under my wing and show you this is where financial aid is, this is where orientation is, this is what you need to do to get this resource. Antonio Banks' role is to develop a system to help black male students navigate Compton College. With more than half of its students food and housing insecure and nearly a quarter experiencing homelessness, he also tries to find ways to help with stressors outside college. One of the biggest prohibitive factors for black men and men of color in community colleges have historically been food insecurity, right, housing insecurity, and transportation issues. The market that we're in right now is only exacerbating these issues. And high so prices for everything. High prices for everything. Banks attended the AMEN conference with Compton College students. Organizers hope the kind of mentorship opportunities at these events lead to more black men in college reaching their full potential the way connecting with Dr. Bush did for Chris Adams. When you look at your impact on his trajectory, what do you feel? Is it pride? It's, it's, I mean, yeah, with 3.9 GPA, right? <laughs> We're about to have his choice of law school. 
uh, I can't take credit for because it, it was already inside of Chris. It's really somebody validating, you know, what you've been doing, you know, and telling you, leading you in the right direction. And he's now doing that for his own 15-year-old son. Keith was recently accepted into a top high school that Chris hopes will put him on the track to college. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Stephanie Sai in Los Angeles. I think we need a new leader. We didn't have a black leader in a while. In a long time. Somebody that moves you. You know, we, you know, we had Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and ever since then, a bunch of substitute teachers. School systems across the country are grappling with teacher shortages. One of the most pressing problems in many places involves a lack of substitute teachers. In Illinois, school districts held one-day training sessions to try to recruit substitutes and move them into the classroom as soon as possible. From member station WNIJ in DeKalb, Peter Medlin reports. Some schools are so desperate for substitutes, they've tried recruiting parents. Others have asked local police officers and firefighters to come into the classroom. In New Mexico, they've even called in the National Guard. In Illinois, a short-term substitute license was created in direct response to the shortage. It allows potential teachers who only have an associate degree or 60 hours of college credit to become substitutes in public schools. Mark Kleisner heads the group West 40, a service center for dozens of school districts near Chicago. He says the short-term option is a lifeline because the shortage in this state is worse than ever. I'm hearing social workers covering English classes. You know, it's like we're not serving our kids well, and we don't really have a choice. Our data point this year was over 2,000 educator openings were either unfilled or they were filled by someone not qualified. Sonia Spalding is a professional learning specialist at West 40. She's trying to address the shortage by offering prospective substitutes an online crash course in teaching before they step into the classroom. We are here to provide you the state-approved short-term substitute training. I'm sort of the captain of today's ship, and I've got a wonderful crew that's going to help you get in the air and land to your prospective locations. We've got this recent Zoom call is filling up with dozens of faces as Spalding gets started. Some people watch on their phones while walking down hallways at work. Many have experience working with kids. Others just need work. Depending on the school, the pay can range from $100 to over $200 a day. With the program, substitutes pay $50 to get their license, take the training, get a background check, and can be in the classroom the very next day. It's a quick turnaround, but there's a high level of confidence that these are people who have a connection with the community and they really want to step up and support the students in this time. Nicole Mister is one of the hundreds of new short-term substitutes they've already trained this year. Like most, she's interested in teaching because of her connection to education. She has kids in school and works at an education nonprofit. She says while her first day subbing was difficult, the one-day training actually did help her in the classroom. It was nerve-wracking, but Dr. Spaulding was able to really give us some great pointers. She really just told us to, you know, go in with an open mind, and she gave us so many resources online, so it was really able to help. But some worry about lowering the barrier to get into the classroom. Desiree Carver-Thomas is a researcher and policy analyst at the Learning Policy Institute. It's certainly a huge concern, especially when you hear stories of students who've had, you know, a rotating cast of substitute teachers all year in their math class. It begs the question of, you know, how much learning can really happen when the person in the classroom you know, may not have subject matter competency. But she says in many states, substitutes aren't required to do any training at all. So anything is a positive. 
And when so many schools can't find any subs, it's better than canceling classes. But she and others say the long-term solution to the substitute teacher shortage isn't only about substitutes. It's about hiring enough credentialed teachers to fully staff classrooms. For NPR News, I'm Peter Mudlin. How would you? I know how you feel, Gail. Yes, how yes, you'd yes. like to work only four what days What is the week. question? The question is, how would you, the viewer, like yeah. to work fewer hours, but for the same amount of money? Is that a trick question? No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Vlad. Like, yep. That's the reality for a growing number of American workers. California lawmakers are considering a bill to make the standard work week 32 hours instead of 40. If it becomes law, it would apply to workers in companies with 500 or more employees. Many private businesses across the country already trying a four-day work week, hoping to reduce stress without reducing productivity. Chris Van Cleve went to Colorado to see how one of them is doing it. When Emily Lutchens started at Uncharted in 2020, the Denver-based nonprofit was running an experiment. Could they maintain 100% productivity and pay while working 20% less? It's an opportunity to take a step back and think about how you can be smarter with your work. Are you happier working four days a week instead of five? I'm definitely happier. And I think that I'm just living my life better. Nationally, 92% of employees favor a four-day work week. But CEO Banks Benitez wanted to know his business wouldn't suffer. So he brought in an analyst to track productivity and the impact of a four-day week on employees. How has that changed how you guys do business? It's changed everything. I mean, it reduced workplace stress, reduced burnout. We saw no reduction in productivity, and every Friday it was off. Henry Ford's assembly line ushered in the standard five-day work week in 1926. And while that remains the norm, today's workforce is demanding better life balance, a trend sped up by the pandemic. In Iceland, roughly 85% of the country works or will soon work four days a week. Earlier this year, Belgium announced employees can opt to work four 10-hour workdays. And across North America and the UK, dozens of companies, including crowdfunding site Kickstarter, are testing a four-day week. Can the four-day work week work for everyone? No, that's unlikely to work for everyone. Bill Shanninger from consulting for McKinsey and Company. The challenge is for the portion of the workforce that has gotten a taste of flexibility. Flexibility, full stop, is way more attractive than still the mandate, but on a shorter number of days. California Congressman Mark Takano has introduced legislation to make workers eligible for overtime after 32 hours instead of 40. It's time to re-examine, you know, what the work week should look like in the 21st century. At Uncharted, the new norm means prioritizing what's important. So we're really thoughtful about what is the most essential work that we're doing. Is this meeting really critical for us to have? Um, can we cancel this meeting? You're canceling meetings? Any given work week, we will cancel 10% of the meetings, 15% of the meetings, because we don't need them, they're not essential, or we just shorten them. Are you hiring? <laughs> For Emily Lutchens, the extra time is making balancing her career with being a new mom a little easier. Could you see yourself ever going back to a, a job that was Monday through Friday? Um... <laughs> it would be hard. Working smarter to get more time for herself. For CBS Mornings, I'm Chris Van Cleve in Denver. Oh, I hope this is a trend that catches on, I mean, Tony and Vlad. Jobs, it's kind of a no-brainer. You know, you got yeah. all this technology. You can get a lot more done in a shorter amount of time, and people want it.
They like I said, family. Yeah. in 2000, when France made it a 35-hour work week, there were some people who were able to take advantage of that. Not everybody. There were still people working 40 hours, 45 hours, if the job demanded it. Mm -hmm. But the option was there. But mm -hmm. you could do 40 hours in four in four days. I mean, you can work four long days and That's still have right. all that Good time point. to relax and recuperate. That's right. yeah. I mean, you know, people keep smirking when they talk about this, but it's serious, and it can really help a lot of folks. And as long as you get the work done, I don't know what the issue is. I think it's harder for us in these jobs. Yeah. There's yeah, certain jobs you can. Use, yeah, there's certain jobs you can't. Yeah, we're still looking for a five-day week in this job. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> in journalism? <laughs> Did you hear the sudden chill yeah. in the room? Iceberg. <laughs> Just, yeah. uh, speaking on behalf of our producing staff, who, uh, they think they'd love a five-day week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Oh, tax boy. deadline. Just days away. It is a 24-7 job. It, it, job. it is a 24-7 job. And you love it because it is. And you're on the forefront of things. But it can be exhausting as well. Exactly. A dispute over the balance of leadership at James Madison's Montpelier has led to several firings just announced today. NBC 29's Max Marcilla is in studio with the latest on the turmoil. It's our top story at 10. Hi, Max. Steve, three staffers were fired today. One more was terminated last week and two others have been suspended. Now the attorney for the Montpelier Descendants Committee is calling this retaliation. Montpelier's descending community has advocated for parity on the Montpelier Foundation's board, asking for a seat at the decision-making and governing table. Now, some of the same people who backed that are out of a job. What was your reaction when you, uh, you found out you were going to be fired? Um, it wasn't a surprise. Matthew Reeves, the former director of archaeology, had worked at Montpelier since 2000. But the way that this has happened... That was a surprise, the wholesale rejection of what we've built and doing it in such an egregious way. Reeves was on vacation when he received the news, as was his colleague Elizabeth Chu, the executive vice president and chief curator. If you had to put your finger on why Roy Young fired you and a couple others, what would that reason be? Fear of, of not being able to control uh, people's ideas, not being able to bully and harass people into uh, uh, you know, breaking their will. Greg Workheiser serves as general counsel to the Montpelier Descendants Committee. He says the descendant community cares deeply about Montpelier, but he cautions the continued controversy driven by the CEO and board chair could cause permanent damage to Montpelier's reputation. They trot out uh, descendants when they need to raise money or they want to enhance their reputation. But behind the scenes, when it comes to the tough work of actually sharing power, uh, they've found every which way uh, they can to avoid um, uh, doing that really important uh, thing. Now Reeves is advocating for one potential solution. Obviously, the, the losses of, of, of jobs are, are sad, but it's the that loss of trust. And uh, um, I think that we can gain that back. We just need a different group at the board. And tonight we reached out to the Montpelier Foundation for a comment on and confirmation of these firings, but the communications director was actually one of the people who lost their job and we have not heard back. In the studio, Max Marcella, NBC 29 News at 10. South Dakota corrections officer is alleging racial discrimination at a South Dakota prison. Beth Warden has more on the charges leveled against the Mike Durfee State Prison in Springfield. 
As a correctional officer for over two years, Dallas Tronvold believed he had found more than a job. And, uh, make this uh, career a lifelong career. He says the environment has grown more toxic over time. They may deny, deny there's no nepotism or favoritism, but it's there. When Governor Nome made sweeping changes to the DOC last summer, she told staff to report issues to their supervisors. Complaints typically go up through the Department of Corrections. He says it's hard to voice concerns to supervisors when they're a part of the racist comments. As a prayer by a supervisor, a female officer stated, well, when do you guys get your Indian money? Tronvold believes he was a target to others. When leaving his shift, he was kept against his will between two prison gates. I asked the sergeant uh, why the gate was shut, and he, he stated to me, you ain't going anywhere. We filed a report with the Bonhoom County Sheriff, and nothing was, nothing was investigated or done. Sheriff Maggs told us the complaint was forwarded to the Secretary of Corrections, while Tronvold reported being held against his will. All of this was unfolding just as the Department of Secretary position was turning over. I came in right as it was transpiring, so I couldn't even speak to truths of in-depth knowledge. Tronvold believed his next step was to contact the governor. That I can't take action on on anecdotes, that I need them to feel confident to go on the record and share with me what needs to be changed. He emailed Governor Nome, Bureau of Human Resources, and the Secretary of Corrections about his experiences and concerns of inmates having sex with staff. Governor asked the inmate for a honey bun. The inmate stated to she swing by his bunk while she's on her round. It needs to be addressed by the proper people and peer. Video proof was provided. Nome did not respond. I mean, I figured she would uh, correct these situations, and she she never did nothing. Tronvold's complaint of racism in the workplace are now under investigation by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. He was terminated in March and believes it to be a retaliation for speaking up. The reason for termination? Creating a hostile work environment and using an improper flashlight. It's, it's unsafe, unhealthy. It's not a good place to work. Look at that big bass right there. Any experienced fisherman knows. I have a love for the sport. You choose your bait. I believe we'll catch one on this today. Based on the type of fish you want to catch. There you go. Much in the same way, Scad's former head fishing coach, Isaac Payne, feels he was lured to a college that preached inclusion and respect, only to be faced with what his lawsuit calls discriminatory treatment because of his race and retaliation when he complained to his higher-ups. I feel like they betrayed me, because remember, I'm not just an employee there. I'm an alumni. As an undergrad, Payne founded the college's first fishing club, and in 2015, after he graduated, he was offered a full-time job as head coach for both the men and women's fishing teams. You need our service to your institution, but you won't treat us the same. According to Payne's federal lawsuit, most of the abuse came from student athletes who, quote, frequently referred to Mr. Payne as an N-word. But he says it wasn't just racial epithets. It was the idea of, hey, we're going to take this coach's boat, drive it up a sandbar, and tear it to shreds. Like, how would you feel if you're traveling to a competition with these students and their parents, with an athletics director that knows about it, with a compliance and HR department that knows about it, and all you tell that coach is, just keep coaching. Payne reported these incidents, among others, to SCAD leadership. 
but his lawsuit says they took no action to address the hostile work environment and the abuse continued. It was just swept under the rug when I brought it to their attention. Eventually, he was fired. But Skad said in their motion to dismiss, that decision had nothing to do with his race and everything to do with his unacceptable conduct as a leader. Adding Skad received a number of disturbing complaints about him, including creating and fostering a culture of bullying and failing to enforce the school's drug and alcohol policy, end quote. This is a pattern for them. And Payne is not the only ex-employee speaking out. They're all about their image, but the image is flawed. That's why he's continuing this. Chantel Colebrook says that Payne's allegations bear striking similarities to her own. And I don't want to be used, I don't want my color be, to be used to bring in people who look like me. Hello, students. Colebrook taught English as a second language at SCAD's language studio in 2021. And as an immigrant herself, she found common ground with her international students. SCAD was my dream place to work, um, which is why this is so painful. Colebrook was also fired. And just last week, she filed this discrimination charge with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which details several examples in which she claimed she was treated, quote, differently than white faculty from not receiving the same support or training, to getting criticized for being emotional, even assigned a workload that was more difficult. They would have these meetings and just rail on me. Well, I don't know where you were educated. I don't know where you got your degree. Ultimately, her discrimination charge says, quote, SCAD fired me because I'm black and in retaliation for complaining about discriminatory treatment, end quote. Talking about it, still difficult. <sighs> it was the hardest thing for me to pretend that I was stupid. And CBS 46 Investigates found another discrimination claim from 2019, when the college's director of giving was fired because Skad said he, quote, did not meet fundraising performance goals. That former employee said in a court filing, quote, I believe there is an undercurrent of racial bias among Skad leadership that leads them to hold black faculty and staff to a higher standard than our white counterparts, end quote. In all three cases, the former employees signed pre-dispute arbitration clauses when they took their jobs, something all new SCAD employees are required to do, which means if any issues or problems arise, they're agreeing to settle them through a legal process called arbitration. Rather than being in a courtroom, judged by a jury of their peers, it all happens behind closed doors. SCAD has created its own rules. Payne and Colebrook's attorney, Dan Werner, calls it an attempt to sweep discrimination under the rug and argues the clause is not enforceable. It forces the employee into a proceeding that's heavily slanted in favor of the employer. According to data analyzed by the American Arbitration Association, workers were awarded money in just 1.6% of employment arbitration cases in 2020. Still, SCAD defends its policies, with a spokesperson telling me, quote, the use of alternative dispute resolution methods is quite common, adding that all SCAD human resource practices are fair, just, and professional. As for pain, he's taking his case a step further, fighting the college's arbitration policy and prior dismissals by appealing to a higher court. We took it to the court system, and now we're out in the open. I'm not afraid of SCAD. And in the meantime, he says he's trying to heal. Sometimes you don't say anything. You just kind of take it in. Still doing what he loves to do. Call it healing or just relaxing or escaping the normal busy grind of life. Now, SCAD went on to tell me that they do not comment on pending litigation, except to say that they are confident that the higher court will rule in their favor. To read the rest of what they had to say, you can head to our website. Of course, that's CBS46.com. Meanwhile, 
The U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill just last month that would prohibit companies from enforcing private arbitration. Now the fate of that bill, which is called the FAIR Act, is in the Senate's hands. Of course, we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Rachel Polanski, CBS 46 News. They said it's called the FAIR Act. My, my ears may be deceiving me. I might have to hit the rewind, go back, listen to the archive. But if I heard that correctly, the FAIR Act, F-A-I-R, this is supposed to be a bill to end the practice of an employer having some sort of contract that, hey, if anything happens, we get accused of racism. We said never one too many times. We will go through arbitration. This will not be adjudicated by a jury of mostly white people, maybe all white people. They said, behind, I was going to say, swept under the rug. This is not the compensatory call in the only broadcast where I request that listeners refrain from using metaphors is the compensatory call-in which is on Saturdays however I do recommend strongly victims of white supremacy be very alert to the use of metaphors really anyone white people or non-white people because sometimes it just means this person does not know what they are talking about at all <laughs> like we are all kinds of nutty cashews pecans almonds nutty all the way also can be that they're being deceptive I was going to point out swept under the rug but whew, behind closed doors caught up on them down the stretch and then fair took over because that was quite a few so I would say fair most used behind closed doors swept under the rug where's this rug at because I mean it has got to be like mounds like a whole person is under this rug what is going on behind closed doors mm. context of white supremacy gusty renegade and for another broadcast hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday april 22 2022 so i have been told this is our weekly summit on neutralizing workplace racism dial in if you have suggestions observations counter-racist suggestions uh, certainly this is not for spectators and we are for sure not for spectators if we have anybody we have an attempted counter-racist female out there you're back in the office or if you're hybrid whatever it happens to be but you have figured out these are some of the things to do to say I don't get that you know flim flam shoddy training no way I get exemplary training in fact I get notifications about new training opportunities so that I can sign up immediately you get your days off you are not called a nigra they don't destroy your property none of that if you have any problems 
they are taken seriously. They don't brush things under that. That is never said on your job. Nothing is swept under the rug. Nothing happens behind closed doors. We are out in the transparent. That's what they say. If that's the sort of work environment that you have either make sure that's the way that they function due to your counter racist activities, let us know. Or if that's the sort of environment that you have, because, hey, I did this. I did that. This is what I did in the interview and blah, 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 whatever else. Let us know. We would love to to mimic some of these workplace comforts that you are enjoying. The number seven, two, zero, seven, one, six, seven, three hundred. The code five, six, four, nine, four, three pound. Press star six, one. If you would like to participate. The email until justice at gmail dot com. Before I give out the information again, I will say Gusty is slightly disappointed. It's almost like we have that S word. Spectators specifically with writing it. Now, dig this, the irony with participation and just writing, writing. We are two plus years into the global pandemic, which has revolutionized the workplace in so many you got people talking about a four day work week overtime at 32 hours and all the rest of it hybrid workplace and work from home and all this shortages all this Uh, and I feel like we have a lot of folks maybe even the majority of non-white people who listen to neutralizing workplace racism even if you listen casually like once a month twice a month how can that be that most of the folks not one email even if at this point your workplace is identical to the way it functioned in January of 2020 January of 2019 even even if that is the case which seems like impossible but even if that is so I would love to hear that like you can take five sentences like I I know people uh, do text messages uh, about, you know, what was on television, you know, what they think is going to happen with the with the playoffs uh, and what have you, you know. Five sentences just about the workplace, particularly if we have any folks. Any folks you have benefited in any way, shape, form at all, you found any sort of constructive content uh, at neutralizing workplace racism, just five sentences this is not a text paper doesn't have to be a thesis it can just be five sentences how has your workplace changed uh, over the past two plus years in a constructive way non-constructive way or even as I said has it stayed the same because that might be the case you know for some places let us know I feel like we're missing out on a lot of information because of spectators the email untiljustice at gmail.com. You can feel free to dial in as well. 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. 
press star 61 if you would like to participate. Please share the broadcast. It has been a horrendous experience under white supremacy racism. Really awful two years plus of the pandemic and 2020, 2021, 2022 all been repugnant. Uh, let's see. So this week, uh, the what is the heinousness of this week been? Uh, it seems my computer might be having problems. Might have to ship my computer off. That's always lovely. They suspended my Twitter account. No joke. These are the last two things that I tweeted. Albino squirrel from the L.A. Times. Milk crate challenge, a white man stealing milk crates from the local co-op. Those were my last two tweets. Uh, in addition to a myriad of other <laughs> woo, goofiness abounds uh, in the springtime. Uh, just wow. <laughs> worst year. I feel like I, I've been saying worst year ever, but I've been saying that for two and a half years now. <laughs> like, I feel like I don't even know what to say anymore at this point. Like, whoo, man, oh, man. Persevere. Mr. Fuller said that at the beginning in the audio. Persevere. The number is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. The email until justice at gmail.com. The irony, me giving my uh, soft admonishment about Folks not sharing details, letting us know what's happening in their work environment, particularly with people not emailing. So I said last week, we have got like a trough uh, of emails like, wow, it'll be a challenge to get through them all. It happened again this week. Uh, So before we get to the bounty of emails, and I think some of that is just because, you know, people, some people have been returning to the workplace and all of that. And, you know, lots of different variables happening. Anywho. Uh, really briefly with the report, man, I just briefly, I think it's lunacy. In fact, I think it is completely uh, in opposition to counter racist logic to not check local, national, global news and information. You want to try and be informed about everything. What's happening currently is very important just something like that the fair act that's huge in terms of workplace now they could have a better title on it but I mean if that does get approved we'll have to see but if that gets approved like wow that could have a huge impact on your workplace does that invalidate these contracts if they put this in place or is it not retroactive like it would be a lot of things that you would have to continue to kind of pay attention to news and information about this Gus T will at least be watching but check the news you can even get information about the workplace which I find on a regular basis even had people send me uh, this week quickly so they talked about privileged black males and their enrollment falling off at community college now we just heard black females get college degrees at a rate higher than anyone how in the world are black males exercising black male privilege when they have way 
less education. That's not even like feasible. That doesn't even make sense. Anywho, they didn't just say that the numbers dropped. They said they left in droves. Probably by racist design, especially when we hear from black male educators talking about their experience because they didn't say, wow, it's black male educators coming in droves. They didn't say that. Let's see. They said they were talking to some of the black male students and they were saying they were around others in the college environment who didn't understand them. That is just we make a lot of lame illogical justifications rationalizations for white supremacy racism we heard a lot of these yesterday in the book club poor Essie Mae Washington Williams cowbell Uh, but this is not I mean if you're talking about if you want to be ADOS about this if you're talking about black people who were born in the US like we've been here a long long time they've been watching Sidney Poitier and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant I mean Chris Rock I mean, hey, they know the nigra. That's not the pro. And even if you don't know, I mean, you have white people who are immigrants who come from Russia and France and England and Belgium who are not mistreated. So just because I'm a so-called stranger to you, should I be mistreated? Should I not be nourished in this academic environment that is supposed to be about learning? Or I'm just a nigra. They continued, they said they formed a mentoring bush just with words. We left in droves and with the black males, we got a mentoring bush. They call us bush babies and call it the bush sometimes where they put the black people at just. I mean, it certainly some people would say even the word mentor, right? That's got all the Greco uh, homo homosexual origins and all that, right? Like we could have get a whole better name for this program. I totally agree. But mentor did not stick out to me immediately. It was Bush. Always got the niggers in the jungle. Uh, let's see. Uh, it also, it was said in that report that structures have been barriers for black male students. That is not accurate. Or you should ask the question, whom is responsible for producing, maintaining these structures that impede black male academic progress. Hmm. She, he who cannot be named consistently. We got to find some way to not identify. Hmm. They continue. Uh, so the lack of substitute teachers again we had a male caller dialed in earlier this year and he said man they got commercials on television for substitute teachers what is going on this is crazy it has been crazy but I said hey the reason that is is because now he said that I was shivering I was bundled up it was flipping cold I'm sitting outside with my sunglasses on right now springtime in full force in Seattle could have been at the beach today we got to be here talking about lame racism and they're still saying we got to call in the net did you hear that we got to call in the National Reserve National Guard excuse me 
we got to call in the police. That alone should be worthy of pause with everything we've had to talk about. Patrick Laoya and all the rest of it. George Floyd, all the rest of it. It's not get the police out of the school and get officer slam and the real. We got to now call the police and National Guard back in because we don't have enough educators. Maybe if you had given young academic a position and some of the other black males that you put all those structures in place to impede them and probably a lot of other black female and male teachers, period, non-white educators, period. Maybe we wouldn't have this lack well, now we got to call anybody, go and disrupt folks at McDonald's, put those chicken nuggets down and come teach a math class. Like, are you serious? That's what I mean about like, man, being an attempted parent. Oh, my God. I mean, you couldn't even plan for this, but are you serious? And then it's rotating. So today the person teaching, you know, my daughter's high school physics class uh, worked at, you know, Roscoe's chicken check. Next day, you know, we got someone, they got uh, furloughed, you know, from their job, working wherever. I mean, what? What? One of the hardest, if not the hardest job in the known universe, being an attempted black parent. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Then, oh, and even the language there, they said a crash course. We're talking about my child's education. This should not be called a crash course. Think of better language about what we're doing. Expeditious education. Make you learn all that rubbish for the SAT and get all this vocabulary. They didn't just come and give you the same lame cliches and don't even think about the words that we're using. We're going in to teach my child. I hope we're not going to be crashing with my child's education. Let's see. The four day work week ban. The end of work is coming for white people. That's the way it should be. But I mean, oh, buddy, it is coming like many, many, many jobs will be gone. I could. They already got. I believe it's in California, a Whole Foods with no employees. You go in and just, you know, pay with your palm or whatever. They got one of those. Uh, I think it's an Amazon uh, store here in Seattle in downtown no less and I mean yee, you talk about war zone I hate going downtown Seattle but they got one of those here I'd say you give that like 15 20 years or so that could be very very widespread and for many outlets you had all the people who said that they didn't want to do delivery driving they've been shooting at black delivery drivers and what have you all through the pandemic I could easily see that being driverless in 15 years like the end of work for a whole lot of jobs is on the horizon like 10 to 15 years time and and that's what they kept saying time and energy time and energy not wasting time and energy you're gonna have lots of race soldiers with lots and lots of time and energy and based on what i saw from the pandemic a lot of what they did was put penises and swastikas on zoom like it was not constructive like giving them more free time just means more tacky racism basically maybe I can travel a little bit put penises in a whole lot of place on the planet and swastikas nigra 
I don't know how quickly that'll be for a lot of non-white people, but I could even see that happening for a lot of non-white people. Four day work weeks and all the rest of it. Take advantage and use of your time and energy, because as this continues and you have more technology and just, yeah, we don't have or at minimum, we don't all have to be in the office for this meeting, which, hey, now we start taking away some of these commutes and time wasting time with having more time and energy, time and energy. How do you use your time and energy? That is a huge component to solving the problem of white supremacy racism. If you get more time and energy and you do the same thing that race soldiers do, not necessarily writing penises on everything, but I mean, just eh, sit around and watch Hulu, and Netflix and, you know, whatever else. I mean, hey, we're being reckless with sex, doing what racists do. Uh, hey, this problem will continue. What do we do with our time and energy? Uh, let's see. Last thing. Uh, I was going to say something about the prison dangerous oh they inmates were having sex with the staff we've talked about that repeatedly dr horn said he's doing a book on that skipping that the uh final report they talked to mr Payne. he worked with uh the scad organization went to school there i guess and then came back and is teaching there doing their swimming fishing excuse me fishing club uh for the boys and the girls apparently uh and they he said the students student athletes i would assume white children are coming and calling him nigger. He said, took his, his boat and destroyed it when he, you know, made a point, reported this. Hey, we got destruction of property. I hope he called the police. But destruction of property, they're using racist slurs against me. You know, this something should be done about this. Duke lacrosse team, right? They don't do anything. Just keep coaching. Just keep coaching. Just keep coaching. Then they fire him, say he's he's a bully. Now, keep that one in mind for tomorrow. You no count black males toxic black males and he didn't enforce the alcohol policy that you got to be joking on this one duke lacrosse all over again you're telling me that these little white urchins in addition to calling the black coach who's probably older than them they don't see him as oh this is our mentor this is our elder yeah whatever negra sit down negra shut up negra coach us negra coach us teach us how to get these baths negra Hmm. not only that they destroy his property not only that they're alcoholics probably underage I suspect these folks are not 25 but you know they could be non-traditionally aged probably underage a good uh, a good chunk of them I would suspect and that's not their fault for being irresponsible lawless criminal that's not their fault probably drugs too that's not them being held responsible we put that on the Negro coach too. How, that's lame. How are you a bully and you can't even bully to make them follow the rules and not be drunkards? You're a lame bully, Mr. Payne. Probably not a bully at all, just a Negro, unfortunately. Same as I, Gus T, Negro as well, trying to solve that problem. Context of white supremacy. Getting to the emails now. Gus T is in the emails for this week. Unfortunately, uh, we had a black mother attempted. I just said, whew, might be the most dangerous job, most difficult job in the known universe under the system of white supremacy. 
she wrote in she said that her black child she wrote in about his workplace uh normally if people write in or what have you i just i'll read it and i'll respond on air so that you know we can have a discussion about it and other people can get their views and suggestions which you certainly are encouraged to do here that's requested i'm just saying in this one since it dealt with a child i responded so that's how i ended up being in the email on this one i'm gonna read my reply because gusty is not an attempted parent so i don't ever want to uh project like you know hey i am an expert i know what to do listen here and i will you know give you what for like hey i don't know nothing about that at all not even close I'm just trying to use logic as best I can, but I mean, hey, it seems absolutely daunting. Scariest thing ever. Black Mommy wrote in. She says, Greetings, Gus, callers, and listeners. I have a question. How would you instruct offspring to deal with witnessing theft in a retail environment? Backstory. My 16-year-old son recently started a part-time job in retail close to home. He said that two white males about age 20 stole two sodas by not scanning the items at the self-checkout. My son confronted them and asked them to show their receipts. They did, and my son said, where are the sodas? One said, oh, he bought them pointing to his friend. My son called the manager over. The white males said to him, (sighs) this is another one. So there is a profanity here. I think I'm going to go ahead and put it back in because try not to sanitize, but but it's not the profanity that bothered me here. Like, man. But okay, so uh, if we have uh, children or what have you, well, they should hear it because I mean, yeah, this happened to a 16 year old. Yeah, they should. I'm just letting you know profanity is coming. This is, you know, racism, white supremacy, not sanitizing. So be prepared. Uh, stop. The white male said to him, stop being a dick, bro. Bro. Nails on a chalkboard, man. Rope around my throat. I'm assuming they said dick or douche my son said D and didn't say the offensive word to me in recounting the story that would lead me to think that they said dick because I probably would have just said douche even if it's my mom like I'm 16 my mom gave birth to me <laughs> like I think I can say douche in front of my mom but yeah I pro- yeah, I'm gonna say that they said Jen hey black male oh yeah bet uh, I put $20 on they, uh, they called him a dick Uh, the white males left the store my son told his black male manager black male manager the manager told him not to worry about it it was just two sodas I feel the store should train him on how to handle this kind of situation because clearly he did what he thought he should do though I would have preferred him to not do anything thoughts uh, so I'm just going to read my email this way you all can, you know, if Gus was talking crazy, hey, you are not a parent and that is loony talk. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wrote very good to chat with children early in their work career. Mm-hmm. I would have been much. He broaden this out a little bit. Sorry. Uh, I would have been much better off. Man, let's go wider. What is going on? That's crazy. 
All right, I would have been much better off if I had been so fortunate. I think it would be best to inquire about the official written policy on questioning customers, potential thieves. I wouldn't want this to be a word of mouth thing. If it's two black guys coming through with two pilfered sodas, is the attitude still going to be, it's just two sodas? What's the threshold for inquiry? Two packs of hot dogs? Two bags of Cheetos? I'd tell my child that racism is a problem for about a billion different reasons. If you take what this black manager said, just two sodas, and apply this all the time, you could be reprimanded for not doing your job. Some days, they might want a record of all Tahitian treat sold. I don't know if they have Tahitian treat everywhere, but when I was tubby, whoo, man, oh man. Stuff will kill you. High fruit. We just talked about that yesterday. Talk about kidney failure, Tahitian treat. But I did write that in the email. Uh, Some days they want a record of all Tahitian treats sold, especially if non-white people are nabbing beverages. However, it could be that your son was carrying out policy to the letter. The black manager may have felt vulnerable approaching white men. If the soda bandits had been non-white, the black manager may have backed your son, called security, and made them pay up or get out. White people are not ignorant about racism, so they know they have a big advantage when being questioned about a receipt by some black person. That's why they called him a dick. The black manager may have tried this before and not been supported by his white colleagues. If it was me, I would want to be consistent. I'm not letting white people steal everything and then shaking black customers down for a stick of gum. If they shoplift something small, and I put that in quotes, do you let that go or not? How small? Can you shoplift sodas or something of lesser value all the time? I would also monitor who other employees stop and question. If other folks let whites steal all the soda pop and everything not nailed down, I probably wouldn't invest too much time stopping or scrutinizing anyone. For security to work efficiently and for everyone's safety, employees need to feel like the team has their back <laughs> if they're going to question a potential thief. Sometimes the shoplifters are armed. I would have maybe underlined that because I mean, man, it is 2022 and it seems like everybody has been armed. Given the meager details that I have about your son's job, I would not be the John Shaft metaphor of loss prevention for these folks. They did call him a dick. <laughs> My life and well-being is worth more than white-owned property or white crooks. He's a child, too. 16. This company cannot have their security plans staked on the wit and pluck of a 16-year-old black child. I'd be extra professional, extra courteous, extra helpful, and extra inquisitive. Ask all kinds of questions so that he gets a great understanding of where he's working and who he's working with. And I said, we'll see what the listeners think. But yeah, that that would be 
reading it again. It didn't sound totally loon, loony to uh, to me, but folks can let me know if that's logical. If that's if you had a non-white child who was under the age of 18, if they were hearing that or reading that, would you be thinking, oh, OK, that's logical. Right on. No problem there. My God, don't you listen to that coon. Let us know if you have any other tips, 16 year old and or if we have folks, I know we have attempted parents. If you have offspring, especially if they're younger, when I say younger, like if they're 20, under 18, high school age, got to be talking to them like regularly. And this is where it pays to have already been talking to them regularly, daily. Racism, white supremacy is a regular conversation in the household. They're hearing us talk about racism seriously on a regular basis, not Chris Rock. So that now when they start at the workplace, like we daily just checking in, what happened? What did you see? Asking questions, read that policy and procedure like we might even read that together. Like, oh, get a tear to my eye like sit down with your child their first job we will read the policy and procedure together do you understand this do you have any questions and i mean hey same thing i said yesterday i wouldn't care if your child lives to be 60. they're close to retirement if you have been taking care of yourself and you haven't been eating cheetos you drink your water if you're still here pick up that phone and we will go through the policy and procedure together parenting till it's over those would just be some of my stuff. policy and procedures and uh, sexual harassment it's got to be like majors policy and procedure sexual any sort of sexual activity comments touching white man white women non-white people all of that you have to go over all that and of course how to respond if you're called a negra because it's going to have you just put that on your calendar it is going to happen might even be by non-white person this is the response that will work best for you. Number again, seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Email until justice at gmail.com not for spectators and certainly if we have parents definitely not for spectators uh, if there are parents if you've had that conversation with your uh, offspring are thinking about having that conversation specific not I don't mean that tackiness to talk I mean specifically talking about the workplace going into that work environment what to do what to be aware of what to be observant what not to do what to say what not to say all of the above if we have any parents you have thoughts on the uh, situation we just heard about with the 16 year old let us know if you have situation your own situation what have you like to address that is fine as well Uh, folks dialed in with a hand up proceed Hi, Gus. Uh, good evening. May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. And I don't mean to, I'm not, I really hate whenever I, I'm coming on, but I have a, um, a report. I, d- I don't want to divert too much from the topic, but may I uh, submit a report? Oh, sure. Let's hear it. Okay. Um, so I've uh, been calling you, um, you know, periodically about a situation in my office 
uh, in which I um, told you that I think that my um, manager had a, a liking for me. Um, new report uh, that has come out. I decided, um, you know, it was probably better to go to greener pastures. I followed my policy and procedure, and in the policy, it states that you have to inform your supervisor of um, get of uh, the position you're interested in. This would be a a transfer, and then they have to approve it. I did that, um, and the supervisor, you know, he said, oh, yeah, you know, um, I'm sorry this isn't a good fit for you, but I'm happy to put in a good word. So I waited, I waited, I waited. I never got uh, an approval uh, from it. It's supposed to be, like, automated within the system. I followed back up with that supervisor. He said he uh, never received uh, any information about it. Um, so I had to reach out to HR and inquire about, you know, how the process works. Um, HR informed me that it had to go through two levels of approval, um, my manager and the manager below him. I inquired with the second manager. Uh, he informed me, you know, no, I don't see anything. You know, I, I don't have any way to approve it. Um, the first manager, you know, came out to my office, um, and he was like, oh, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get it approved. Other white man said in the background, uh, why don't you just tell her the truth? So seven days later, after the position was posted, I finally got an approval saying, okay, your transfer was approved. Um, second manager, white male, came out of the office once the uh, head honcho left for the day and said, uh, you know, I really didn't have a way to approve it. And, you know, Tony told me to, that that's the person's name, told me to deny your request. Uh, and then he left for the day. Um, as I said, you know, he's been, you know, passive aggressive. Started out with the me not attending the Christmas function back in December. Um, now it's escalated to uh, he has a there's another female manager that I do not report to, but he basically um, allows her to uh, you know assign me all types of work that uh, is not in uh, not with our within our department, and he is uh, over her. He is a director, so um, that's my unfortunate report. And I am, I, I feel like I'm thinking with sound mind. I am um, burning off some sick time right now, and I don't have anything really lined up. I do have some savings, but I am planning on putting in my resignation. One, on one side of it, I feel relieved about uh, eventually doing it. But on the other side, Gus, I feel kind of like I'm just running away um, and allowing them to uh, win, so to speak. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, since December, I would say, uh, things have uh, gotten worse. And, you know, I told you about the COVID policy and procedure with the school district employees and uh, that bit. But, um, yeah, he um, uh, pretty much, uh, I would say, kind of thwarted my... <laughs> Uh, intention on transferring and you know I think you know if I'm a poor employee you know he should be happy to you know wash his hands of me so um, 
that's my report on a my attempt to escape the plantation and um like i said right now i'm conflicted about resigning but i know that i will never get any internal job within this uh district um because my manor- manager does not want to let me go um but then i feel like if i leave then i am pretty much kind of uh letting them win and showing them that yeah we put enough pressure on that negra to, to get her to turn in her resignation so um that's my report um like i said i plan on putting in the resignation soon but uh there is a, a bit of conflict there to still try to stay on but i don't i'm pretty sure i do not have a future there and with that being said i will mute my line thank you for listening much obliged i was confused much obliged i thought that you said after all of this lying that's another one right where they're sweeping things under the rug and all the rest of it that after all of this they did not approve the transfer somehow i got confused i thought she said that they approved uh the transfer after all this you know running around and blah 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 so okay did well not. well he did he no they they um to clarify with their policy they did approve it but it, with this job just because they approve the transfer does not mean you automatically get the position you still have to you know go through i think an interview process and be selected you just have to notify the supervisor they approve you to basically uh be able to you know sit for an interview if the other department you know decides to call you in but that position is from what i see is no longer posted so does that uh make more sense i understand yes i uh now i have it the shenanigans and all that i was like okay i thought she said that it was approved for a second okay okay uh we, and we heard that last week where i think where she said it seemed like this should have been just automated and oh okay yeah we approve it. no problem right on get you like you were saying like hey this isn't a good fit or whatever let's get this nigga out of here no problem as opposed to that happening it's oh what Oh no, I don't approve. Did you say anything about it? I don't know. Approve? Oh no, I can't do that. Did he say? I don't even know how that went. And then, and then he's with. Why don't you just tell her the truth? What? With time and energy, racists waste a lot of our time and energy just lying about things. And last week we heard it with the uh, with the rays. The black African is supposed to just be automated. Oh, okay, get the rid of it. Now it's whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. You have to see. Mm, I don't know. We, yeah, maybe you're, you're kind of aggressive. Heard you might have been bullying some folks too. Mm, or something that's supposed to just be easy process. Nah, it's not that. That happens consistently, unfortunately. Uh, system of white supremacy racism. Um, the. I guess one, I think, is because we are in a system of white supremacy, racism, uh, we lost. That's what that means. Like, we already lost. Uh, if you are subject to racist man, racist woman, you're already on the losing team. That's me. That's all of us. Uh, like any of us. They, they fired Michael Jordan. I mean... 
they can put enough pressure on any of us to, you know, put you in jail, get you fired, get you like anything system of racism, white supremacy. So, yeah, I mean, it's just that's why we want to just try to do the best that we can. So at least in my view, uh, I wouldn't think of it as a if I leave this job, they won, so to speak. They already won. Uh, If we were they already won because you have to go to them and their cousins and aunts and daughters and sons to get another job. That's what I mean. They already won. Even if you even if this was your business, they could do the same thing. We've had examples of that, too. It was the black person's business. Dr. Eddie Moore Jr. said that with the white privilege conference cowbell where he started this. And he said white people come in and push him around and bully him and tell him what to do and all that at his conference. So unfortunately, uh, yeah, we already lost. We were trying to correct that. Um, I think in those type of situations, I would. I mean, the racism is going to be there at any sort of plantation that we go to uh, the same types of things uh, it'll just be different racists and a different type of racism even if you started your own job so I would look at it and just hey I'm hoping I can find a better spot plantation where I can learn some things make more money better resources do better in my career than I am here you know languishing and can't even get a transfer out of this department to someplace else can start counter racism from the very beginning. That's always helpful, but I would just work on my exit strategy. If they're not going to boot you, uh, if it's, you know, you want to take some days and mental health is super important. Talk about that tomorrow as well. Do not minimize your mental health. I cannot overstate that. Work on your exit strategy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say yes. And I've, I've started to see, um, you know, a, a counselor, you know, to get, I'm not obviously not going to, you know, he's a, um, a non-white a counselor, uh, but not, you know, black. Um, but, you know, I don't go into that. It's just more so um, kind of, a, I guess, an outlet, you know, for me. Um, and I, like I said, I've just been, you know, kind of burning my sick time. And I, I like the perspective that you say that really, not really losing because you already we've already lost um so that that's (laughs) it's just changing that mindset and i you know i plan to look for um hopefully something that is like work from home knowing that there will be racism but at least you know you're you don't have to you know deal with that passive aggressiveness and the final thing and i don't know if you've ever discussed this but is in your opinion, um, or maybe some of the other listeners can answer, how do you, or how does, I guess, a non-white female um, stop or prevent, or what can a non-white female do to minimize these white male um, attention to kind of, because I've had situations similar to this in the workplace where, you know, they start out, you know, pleasant, but whenever they kind of see that, you know, you don't cross that line, is all of a sudden when the passive aggressiveness starts. But I just sometimes, you know, I just wonder what one can do to minimize um, the white male from um, having a, a 
targeting, I guess, specifically me <laughs> versus, you know, like other uh, non-white, other, I mean, other, yeah, other non-white females. You know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know if Mr. Fuller ever, you know, wrote anything about that, but it seems it's just very hard in the workplace when you have people that, you know, may become interested in you in a powerful position and when you do not show that interest back, um, you basically go through hell. <laughs> well, I am a female. Oh, excuse me, male. Confusion. I am a male, so I might not have the best uh, perspective on uh, suggestions in terms of kind of deflecting uh, all that attention or what have you. I know that some of the things that I've talked about um, are in terms of, and I'm not making any, uh, not implying anything about your wardrobe. I've never seen you. You could be the, the most prudish person ever. Um, but I, just things that I've talked about in terms of we're not being stylish. We're not thinking of the red carpet is our workplace. Like not really wearing outfits or things that call a lot of attention. I even you know say, hey, you can have like the same base like this is my business, you know, whatever my business suit or this is my blouse for my workplace and whatever else. And bam, you just have like five of those. So it just looks like you have the same basic outfit that you wear every day. Bam, that way it doesn't draw any attention. I'm not wearing all my jewelry and everything else and my super heels and all the rest of it. But that's not, you know, not even what we're for. I'm not trying to look cute in the workplace, not trying to impress anyone with my fashion. I'd say this, especially if you are, um, younger but when I say younger like uh, in the age where you are of childbearing childbearing age um, yeah if you're fit attractive like that's just it's not even anything you can do about that if you you know take care of yourself same thing I said before you're not eating Cheetos every day you drink your water you exercise get some hiking and all that you're fit healthy attractive young black person not acting crazy got some education or they wouldn't have hired you hey you might get some attention, unwanted attention from the white males in the office. Um, it might be if you're in that sort of position, in, a, in addition to being kind of prudish in your attire, professional, but nothing, not wearing anything, calling attention uh, to your figure. Uh, might even be one of those where some folks have talked about deception. Hey, I know some folks where they get a, a band, wedding band, and just wear that. That way, hey, already taken. And you don't go into a whole lot of detail. Like, oh, okay. You know, but now, hey, for some race soldiers, that doesn't matter. I wasn't trying to marry. I'm just trying to hop in the bushes for five minutes or, you know, on top of the fax machine. Um, but that can be one or just, hey, you know, I'm already already have a boyfriend. If you don't want to take it that extreme, already have a boyfriend. Thank you kindly. Blah, blah, blah. You don't have to go into detail talking about them or what have you. Um, and just being perfect. And what I've said too, those public meetings when they talk about policy and procedure, I always think just asking a question about what is appropriate in terms of or just any sort of question about their policy on sexual harassment, appropriate or inappropriate behavior in the workplace around sexual harassment, just asking for clarification on their policy in the workplace. That sends up a great signal like, whoa, this nigga is serious. Got to keep an eye on this one. Just sending and you're not indicting anyone, not, you know, such and such did this to me. Just trying to get clarification about what their policy and procedure is. What is the process? What happens? All that good stuff. Just so that, you know, 
But that sends a signal, especially if it's done publicly. Those are some of the things that I've talked about and kind of minimum and certainly not being alone uh, with, you know, if you're a female, not being alone with a male and hey, it might be the LGBTQ thing, not being alone. If you feel it's a female and they're doing that sort of thing, not doing uh, touching. That's why I say no hugging and all that stuff in the workplace. Just we're all about business all about being serious that's the type of uh persona uh that you exude in the workplace i think in fact um we had uh allison manswell who is a black female she was a guest on the program in 2016 uh, and i asked her about this she said that she's never had this problem and she said some of the things that i talked about how you present being serious your tone your voice how you conduct yourself she talked about uh all of that in the archives and she said it's never been a problem those are some of the things specifically she said this is what she tells her female clients because she can't say that about tone strong voice being a can't say that to the black males might get accused of being a rapist we got a lengthy sound segment where she explained both parts of that not getting all that unwanted sexual attention for black females Allison Manswell and then why she can't give that same advice to privileged black males incidentally I did also want to say uh, when you were sharing with us before uh, having this white woman who is not your direct supervisor assign you all of these tasks I would just raise a question on that like hey I'm having someone assign me work from another department this could be in violation of policy and procedure I don't know if I've been properly trained in accordance with whatever work goes on in that department Am I going to be doing this adequately or is somebody going to have to? Am I going to come back or someone else be tasked with coming back? And oh, my God, you messed up all this and blah, 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 because I haven't been trained to work in their department. Is that policy and procedure to have employees doing work in departments where they've not been adequately trained? That training thing comes up a lot. That would be one. Also, when they. uh Oh, the Christmas. That's when we've had a number of folks like plural in lots of different fields industries where they have some sort of Christmas party even happen to Gus T or whatever office party birthday party whatever it is but they have one of these events and you don't attend and oh my goodness it causes all sorts of problems chaos and folks end up having a grudge about this for like the next 10 15 years like she said people are are complaining and grousing about this now that was last year man (laughs) yeah you know i called in about about this in december and i was telling you because it's all men and they all wanted me to attend this after hour function and it's now april and you know i told you things are kind of weird gus and it's just like they've gotten like worse and i i do do what you say Minimize contact, minimize conflict. And I even tried, like, keeping my door closed. And that white manager, he said, oh, are you okay? Um, I'm just checking to see if everything's all right. Um, you, do you have your, are, are you working on a class? Is there something going on? And I, you know, said, no, I, I just have my door closed. And then he said, oh, well, in this department, we have an open door policy. We need to keep the door open at all times, you know, People are asking if something's wrong. So he's just, you know, 
I should I should have sent all this stuff back in December, Gus. But you know, like you said, having that um, the attitude of we've already lost, nothing you can do. <laughs> you know, there's, no, there's nothing I can do about it. So I just don't talk to him. But you know, now it's like I can't close my door. He needs to be able to walk past me, which I'm sure he monitors my computer work anyway. But he needs to be able to see. So. I'm like I said. I, I'm going to draft up my my notice and just um, I, you know, have some savings and just kind of go with that. It's just it's depressing because you want to go to a job, but as Mr. Fuller says, you know, be prepared to move because white supremacy does not want you to be stable. And I am uh, I can attest to that. And I don't want to drag on much longer because there's other callers, other listeners, and I, you know, just want to get back on another topic. I just, you know, wanted to update you and just kind of, you know, I let you know every couple months, like, okay, this is what's, uh, what's going on now, and um, I won't interrupt anymore. I just had to share that, and, and that's it. Uh, thank you, Gus. I appreciate you guys listening. Much obliged uh, for sharing. Yes, give us, you know, the update. I guess I'll say really quick and certainly I understand anyone if you, you know, once there's some sort of discomfort uh, where you feel like, oh, this person is being unprofessional and this is some sort of they're trying to talk to me in some sort of sexual manner. Like, whoa, super logical, minimizing contact as much as possible. I get it. I do generally for the workplace, try to encourage folks um, we're not you know, trying to be aloof, although this certainly would change things, but you speak to everybody, be courteous, be professional. Uh, but yeah, the sexual dynamic, once that's happened, like, whoa, I would certainly be trying to minimize as much as possible and super prudish uh, with, and just being serious, as I said, serious, professional, and how I conduct myself. That's, you know, what I would want to exude at all times uh, and maybe even get that question in about appropriateness if they have any sort of meeting. Um, but yet yeah, we've said that for some folks, for those holiday parties, for some folks, it can be that serious where they hold a grudge until the next Christmas party. And sometimes even beyond, if you didn't go or you didn't go to Hortense's, you know, reunion or birthday bash or whatever it is. Sometimes that's why I said some of sometimes, sometimes might have to be the code is we'll just go to the Christmas party for 30 minutes. You know, I'll get myself. You can't go by yourself. Uh, I get, you know, if you have a attempted partner, uh, care mate, whatever it is, brother, sibling, whatever, borrow them 45 minutes. Uh, we'll go hang out at the office party, talk, see everybody, blah, blah, blah. I want details about if they're going to be doing pictures and all that. And then man, they can't say that. That's one thing that they can't hold over me. I was there. We hung out, drank non-alcoholic beverages and departed safely. Uh, but we've heard a lot of folks where they, you know, were pressured and it became a really hostile like she said it just got worse and worse and worse you didn't come and do old you know white elephant with us all the other games and such get some eggnog uh, much obliged if folks have any suggestions uh, for our female caller dealing with that or if we even have any uh, females with any tips on how to kind of minimize that attention unwanted male attention in the workplace uh, if you have any females with advice on that that would be great uh, the number is 720-716-7300 the code 564943 
pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Sneak in uh, another email from a listener. Uh, this person writes in, she, uh, with all the hoopla with gender pronouns and the potential of getting in trouble for referring to someone as the same pronoun, I wonder what happens when the white woman incorrectly refers to a black woman as him or he. They have been doing this for centuries. I referred a I referred a black woman to a position at my company and the white woman got back to me by stating thank you for sending Lisa to us but at this time the position was filled we will consider him for any future positions that appeared to be deliberate to me but because this black woman doesn't work for the company perhaps no action can be taken but I am just wondering if any white people got reprimanded for using the incorrect gender pronouns when referring to black women I have yet to come across it I seriously doubt it as well um, yeah and that's that has been long time those sort of whoops my bad I didn't mean that sort of thing just made an error and you know all of that incidentally with all of that being promoted heavily in schools workplaces everything else call people what they wish to be called I would not grapple argue fight with them anything of that sort call people what they wish to be called uh, I think that's the best way to go especially if you're classified as not white you will for sure not get an opportunity whoops explain my bad that's not what I meant that's not what probably not going to happen for you incidentally I did just see where a white man a college professor this week he he had a student he said yes sir they asked him some sort of question about the class or whatever and he said yes sir uh, they responded said whoa 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 that's not the correct pronoun you don't call me sir and he refused to uh, comply with their request to stop saying sir to them the university reprimanded him he filed a lawsuit against them and he won his suit for 400 I think they settled they settled and he got four hundred thousand dollars uh, for saying that this violated his freedom of religion religion because he said he didn't believe in his religious beliefs he doesn't believe in all that you know transgender and all the rest of it and so he you know you're you're impinging on his religious beliefs and he won his suit this was someone classified as white I suspect I'll get the article and share non-white people call people what they want to be called that is not we're not even here to talk about this like that's not my job like that's great you got whatever change and you want to be called this these are your pronouns great I will use those every time no problem uh, number 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate again for attempted parents if you have thoughts what you would share with a 16 year old or any critique because you're out here misleading minors and ought to be ashamed of yourself you can let me know that as well uh, for our young 16 year old working the retail situation uh, and you know stopping these white folks and the female callers are like I said we have female listeners tips on how to minimize unwanted attention from males on the job that would be good to know other folks who dialed in with a hand up, proceed. 
Greetings. Abby oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, retire firefighter. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I was actually going to do the uh, difficult. I, uh, uh, I'm not a female e either, uh, but uh, I think the first thing that I can think of is to, no matter what, do not lose your temper. Always be polite uh, when dealing with uh, problems on the job, and this is definitely a that issue is definitely a, a problem on the job uh, because uh, a display of anger would not give you a, a it would probably ruin your chances for Well, your your job situation would probably go in a, in a in a negative direction from there by losing your temper. Uh, but for the most part, uh, speak directly if the issue comes up where that person goes directly to you and states something. Speak back to them directly. Have already have a planned uh, uh, statement that you would have for that person. Uh, I was just thinking also, it, it might be, a, it, that might be the time, the only time where a uh, non-white person on the job states something of their own uh, personal choices <laughs> by saying that uh, I'm only interested in the, in uh, black males, <laughs> but uh, then again, that that may not uh, that may not be a suitable answer. But uh, bring up in uh, group uh, meetings. All jobs have some sort of group meetings. Bring up uh, policy and procedures or questions on policy policy and procedures on sexual harassment and other such uh, rules and regulations that's in just about everybody's employment. Uh, when you speak, when, if you do have to speak to that person, look them right in the eye, look them right in the eye with a stern look in your face. But as I said, it doesn't that doesn't have to do to demonstrate anger. It's just a stern look. <laughs> uh you know, that you're serious about what you're saying. Uh and uh most cases people on, on their jobs, they, they don't they don't want any uh trouble to whereas the person that they're causing trouble with is actually aware of what they're doing. Uh, they they probably would go somewhere else because they're more than likely there are other more sulfur uh, uh, targets to uh, pursue uh, when they see that a quote unquote target person is basically being very stern on 
on what they have to uh, express to them. And they'll go somewhere else. They'll go somewhere else and leave you alone. Uh, I don't think that's just solely from a standpoint of a male on a male. I think I think females can be that way also uh, once they decide uh, that's what they want to do or that's what they're going to do. Uh, and because uh, the bottom line is, if it's if it's a uh, supervisor or something like that, and they and they are actually are are uh, using their position. Well, if they they're going to get rid of you, if, if that's going to be pressure, they and they're going to they're going to get rid of you anyway, yeah, or, or they're going to make it a situation where you have to go anyway. So you you might as well say something, say something directly to that person, and then go directly to the employer and uh leave it at that you know it doesn't have to be loud or anything like that you can just take that get uh just have that just say that to that person directly uh it may be within hearing distance but you're not loud with the person and uh i, w- I would think that it, it, would, it would for the most part it, it would it would uh the person would leave you alone that's what I have to say on that subject. Thank you. Softer target. Great point. Retired firefighter. Uh, Bay Area mom heard her as well. Thank you for your patience. Um, Robin, thank you for taking my call. Greetings to everyone on the line. Um, okay, so did you see the lady with the 16-year-old um, working, uh, sounds like uh, fast food or sounds like at, at an eating place if you're soda. Oh, it could be a mini mart. I, I didn't get what the actual concrete place, but whatever they're doing at work, even if it is, if someone sounds like somebody stole or didn't uh, pay for soda, that's what it sounds like. I don't know who it was. Uh probably wasn't a black person, just follow the protocol, right? And um, find another job. Find something that, um, that's his first window. Well, okay, we'll, uh, we'll use extra words. Um, he's getting a clear vision of what it is working in that kind of environment early. So I would, I would find something um, that, that he doesn't have to do all that at maybe uh the library or something something else i would have them look for something else and then everything that you said was great as well Gus. i'm just thinking too because it doesn't get any better especially if they're calling him names about uh maybe telling on someone else or come tripping off of uh such a small soda um i just would find something else but i like what you said as well but i would have my child look for um, something a little, uh, just a little different, a little calmer environment, maybe, um, I don't know what, but not there or doing that. That's just me. Um, cause I have a, he's 21 now, but, um, he had his own little issues working, um, dealing with food. Um, and then dealing with customers like that too. They, they will be disrespectful. Uh, staff will be disrespectful as well, especially um, 
white staff. So, um, yeah, that's my um, that's my view on that. It was some clips, but I was at work. Um, while I was listening to the program. Maybe it'll come back to me. Um, oh, teachers. Oh, yeah, you had the clip about the um, <laughs> the the kids. Uh, I guess it was the coach, the black coach, and the kids, the coach and the kids and the parents were uh, terrorizing him. Um, and then when he complained about it, just keep coaching. Just get, hey, 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 keep coaching. So um, that's interesting because I've noticed, too, that black teachers get treated different um, than other nationality teachers. And then as the shade goes, that's how you get treated. Um Whites, they don't get treated as bad, as harsh from the students as um, a black teacher. Anything goes with black, and then you can just trickle it down. Sometimes the Asians don't get um, what they would consider respect either, but um, the black ones. I was talking to a black teacher uh, yesterday, and um, she was just telling me how she teaches at a college level, but when I walked in her classroom, every book was aligned in the center of the desk. Every book was aligned, whatever the hater. Nice black lady. Looks like she comes from not the States. Maybe she originates from somewhere else. Very smart lady trying to teach them how to uh, be prepared for high school because she's a high school teacher as well as she's taught college as well. And these children, they don't like her. The parents say that she's giving them too much work. Um, I just formally met her uh, yesterday because I want to stop by uh, the class because uh, the school psychologist told me about her. And um, she was just telling me that she's disappointed because uh, the way the students treat her, the way the students don't want to uh, use their brain, they're, they're still totally stuck on these computers. And then when they did that home stuff, the homeschooling, now, when the kids come back, a lot of their work is done on those computers. Um, she has them do research, that kind of thing. They don't want to do that. And the parents are supposed, oh, that's too much work. Oh, that, that's too much work. No, that's too, why is she, why is she making them do that? So she said in two years, she was going to stop working there and um, uh, maybe just continue to do high school and college teaching because there's nothing that she can do for the middle school. And she's been there 17 years, and um, she doesn't get the support that she feels that she needs to succeed, and for the students as well. Um, right. And they don't even come to for help, or if they need help, they don't come there. They help us, please. So uh, I just noticed that with the black um, teachers, they're totally teated uh um, differently. Um, workplace racism. So uh, I think what I'll talk about is uh, I met a student yesterday. I did hear about this particular student. Um, he's middle school, middle school student. I came in class for a Spanish-speaking uh, student that wasn't there when I got there to end up dealing with this black student uh, who just came back. He had been um, at another school because uh, with uh, the parents, the parents, you know, when we tend to fight, sometimes the children are pulled. 
saw the parents, um, one wrong move in school, he's going to his mom's house or he's going to his dad's house. So they all live in different districts. Um, so uh, I did hear about him from um case manager, but I didn't know who she was. She was just randomly talking. I didn't know what she was talking about until probably today. But uh, she was talking about this young man. So seventh grader uh, was ready to leave. So he's ready to leave class. The teacher's an Asian uh, teacher, um, very, uh, very strict about whatever his curriculum is. No big deal. Uh, little boy's going to leave out. He's got to go to the office. I don't know what, but he's got to go to the office because he wants to get out of class. So I come in. Uh, I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> so uh, I'm listening. He said, you know, he's supposed to be doing his uh, some kind of work because maybe this is like a study hall or something, maybe. So they can do, brush up on the work that they may not have completed or need help on. And then there's people to help him, I guess. So he's ready to leave. And... um. So I said, oh, dear, how am I going to do this? So I said, can you send me his his BIP or his IEP or something? Can you send me something? For both of the boys, just for me so I can reveal them whenever time permits. won't be right now. And so the teacher sent it. So I went to the the black male, and I said, "Uh, hi, where's your little, uh, whatever your little cards are, what's your spelling words? I don't know. Uh, snap. So I was like, oh, man, you don't know. Where they, where? I don't know. So he's walking away from me. I'm going to go. So he's just running away. And then you could tell he entertains the class. A lot of students get entertained by the way we react in school. We're entertainment for um, the class as well. Um, so he's born, running away. He has a hood on um, as well. He's running away or walking fast away because I'm not chasing him. So then I just walked up to him. He's like, I gotta go to the office. I said, So what you going to the office for, Joe? So he said, uh, I'm gonna get out of here. And so he's already got an attitude and um, no big deal for me. And I said, Why? Why are you trying to leave? What's going on? I just got to get out of here. I said, Well, how many more months? How many more Mondays are there for school? I don't know. I said, Oh, okay. He's like. All I know is I'm waiting on my birthday. I said, oh, well, when is your birthday? And he said, June something. And I said, oh, in the summer. He said, yeah. So then we just, I just kind of took it from there. And I said, well, how many more weeks till that? And then so he pulled his phone out, counted the week, counted the week. And then I just started talking to him. So we talked for about an hour. Um, What I got out of his conversation is, the whole school is following him. They have a program for him. He is too. The the reason why he was mad at this teacher and wants to go to the office is because they want to escort him everywhere. So he, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but he doesn't want to be escorted. A part of his uh, him being able to come back to that school, he was in school in another district with his mom. She got mad at him. For whatever reason, he's 12 or something like that. Got mad at him and kicked him out. Told him, um, if you get jumped again, don't call me. Get out. So his dad came and got him and put him back in the school that he had got pulled out of a few months ago. 
Um, so, of course, they'll take him back. But there are conditions, and one of the conditions was him being escorted and probably a few other things. But when I read his, his behavior intervention plan, it just doesn't state, because the teacher had said it's always been in his plan, but that's not the way it's worded. The way it's worded is it's more of an if or perhaps. It's not concrete. He must do this. It's not concrete. Um, it's a suggestion. So, um, And it's not even complete. So um, he's complaining about that, which is fine. And so he tells me about all his little suspensions. He even got suspended about five or six times. And he told me about each one. He has issues with the authority, the security, issues with the teacher. Sometimes our children can be a little uh, mouthy, especially if they spend a lot of time with their mom because, uh, they're, you know, they're picking up from us because sometimes we can be a little verbally extra. And um, our boys tend to pick it up, especially if they're trying to blend in with us. So I also noticed that he is... Uh, a little uh, softer, so perhaps he could be um, uh, a part of the uh, LGBTQ plus and so forth community because it's encouraged at that school, totally encouraged at that school. I even took a picture of uh, the encouragement at the elementary school that I was at because they're encouraging LGBT and big posters at the elementary school. So right here at this school, and this is also the school where I told you that the teacher had on a dress, and so did some of the students. They had on full dresses, nice dresses, but dresses. So um, <laughs> he's talking his talk about, you know, however it sounds like he's trying to blend in with the girls. And I noticed, too, with the black males in particular that, are participating in this lifestyle, they're a little extra with their vocabulary, the words, everything is extra. So um, he's extra, and um, he gets into it a lot. They challenge him a lot verbally. So he was just telling me, I said, well, you seem like a cool dude. What's the problem? And he's like, I am cool. I am cool. It's just, man, the adults don't know that. They just don't understand that I have anger issues, and I just get angry all the time. And the the topper for me was Wednesday. One of his cousins cousins shot himself. Fifteen years old, shot himself and killed himself because he was being bullied at school. So um, it bothered me because a lot of these children are going through all these different changes. And I noticed the way they're encouraging the homosexual, and they're so young, I don't even know why they're pushing it like this, but the way they're encouraging this homosexual uh, outlet is as if there's anything wrong with you that you don't like, jump in this window. And and that, that's where they tend to go. And then they still get bullied, or they're getting bullied by whomever, and they just can't take it anymore. They can't talk to some of the adults. Sometimes adults don't have time or they're taking it as if, oh, well, just don't worry about it. Oh, sticks and stones will break your bones. And but these children are more sensitive. So the words do hurt them, right? And the, you're taking their lunch money or whatever you're doing, you're bullying, you're talking to them crazy, teasing them every time they say something. That does hurt them, even though you think it shouldn't hurt, 
it does hurt. And now the children are contemplating, especially after this pandemic, this scary, scary pandemic, very scary for children. They're willing to take their life. And, of course, the uh, whomever, the gun owner, because I think it was at the grandpa's house. Grandpa's probably around my age. So grandpa went to jail because of the firearm that the uh, child had. And just one more with these jokes on the kids. I was fussing with um, someone about a kid. He became, he decided he wanted to be a stepdaddy. So he stepped right on in on top of the little boy, got with his mom, pushed the boy completely to the back, had a baby with the mom, and um, he was always pushed to the back. So I would always ask him, let him hang out with me. Let him hang out with me and my son. Let me get him. Let me get him so he can, nah, he ain't on, nah, nah, nah. So nobody let me get him. Um, went to school right over by my house, right across the street from my house. Nobody let him, let me get him. Um, the, of course, the child that they have together is wonderful, right, but not him. So he's like, oh, I did everything my dad did with um me, and, you know, I did everything I did. I went through everything. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? So... I'm reading this paper or a news article, excuse me, I'm reading a news article, Jewelry Heist, San Jose, Jewelry Heist, San Jose. And I'm looking at these kids, these kids, Gus, everybody's under 20 years old, kids, 18 and 20, all Bay Area and around. They decide they're going to break into jewelry stores instead because we drop, we're not doing everything that we can to prepare these children for what's really going on outside. I see this face. So he called me. Hey, what's going on? So I check, I ask about well, how's so-and-so? Oh, he is such a, such a sinner. I'm like, oh, what's that? Like a job for What's that? <laughs> so he's great. I said, wait a minute. He's not one of the ones that did that jury heist. Yep, yep, yep. I, just, I said, come on, come on. Really? Come on. Well, I, I did everything I could. Okay, okay, goodbye. So, I, I'm, I'm very funny about kids. I get it, Gus. I get it, Gus. We're all attempting parents. I'm attempting too, Gus, right? Don't have more if you're attempting and it's not working. Don't, 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 don't have more. Don't have one and you push it to the side and then have another with the person that you want to be with and the first one is not included. So he's looking at, he even picked up an extra charge that he didn't even know nothing about. So he's not even equipped for this kind of lifestyle. They didn't prepare him after school. Once he got out of school, he sent him to do something with a little. So, Without proper direction, these children are going nowhere, and I, and, and I just see it. And I'm not knocking anyone's parenting. I just wish the same effort you put into getting the, the dad, the mom, is the same effort that you put into creating a constructive citizen in society. And I need my line. And thanks for taking my call. Hmm. Context of white supremacy. Mm, mm, mm. 
throw away children um, many different ways man what a disgrace um, that's pretty much what you you know can expect and I mean hey this isn't even like seeing now the five year perspective now what is the result of this pandemic on top of the white supremacy racism that was already there and two three years of people having oh now we're on zoom oh no class class is canceled oh wait a minute now we're back on zoom oh now we're back in person oh no you gotta have a mask on oh no Matt oh wait a minute who is this teacher oh you're a police officer you worked at a bakery oh you worked at the Cheetos factory and now you're gonna teach us okay okay now what does all that look like after five years she just said someone at 15 suicide with a handgun that's something lots they keep reporting all these handgun sales and especially a lot of non-white people have bought handguns over the past two years plus of the pandemic that's one thing that they have also reported as well that owning a handgun greater likely that someone in that residence will be a victim of some sort of gun violence whether that's self-inflicted accident whatever it is increases dramatically with owning a gun not saying not to have it but just saying there needs to be extensive codification if you are going to own a firearm especially so that if you have you know children 15 they can't access it particularly if they might be having some mental health issues or what have you oh yeah they definitely cannot access this or anyone else who might be having mental health issues lots of things to consider uh, all I can say like that's what race soldiers have planned like for black males stuff you full of uh, really black children but it seems like particularly black males we will stuff you full of lunchables and maybe Tahitian treat uh, some drugs no spelling no adding nothing else uh, maybe give you a few certificates along the way and then whole life of crime and we got a nice new jail jumpsuit all the rest and probably some more lunchables maybe something that's similar uh, waiting for you for real it's not much above like prison food is not much above like lunchables like that's not real cheese it's not real meat like for real for real prison food is not much that far or I'll say it the other way lunchables are not that much far above prison food maybe I had it right the first time though um <sighs> everything that she just said though that's why Dr. Wellsen talked about it all the time no throwaway children no throwaway children like that is a huge component of white supremacy racism right there and for so many reasons racist they already have a whole system put together this is what we do to black children lots of jobs right there abusing black children all throughout their existence we don't have all of that in just talking having a plan about all that you talked about talking to your child about racism and then specifically the workplace is so important that's why so many things when you get confused and frustrated man not putting in that time in advance talked about that yesterday 
200 questions and all the rest of it, like putting in a lot of time before we produce offspring so that it's not, eh, you're kind of lame. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not feeling this parenting. This is a lot of work, man. That Gusty might've been right about this. Like, this is a really hard job. Like, I'm not feeling this. Like, uh, no, that's not the way this works. Like, take that super serious for about a billion different reasons if you're going to produce a black child super serious hardest job in the known universe me thinks I could be wrong the number again is 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate the email until justice at gmail.com emails let's see if we can do more of the emails let's see I think we're at number three if my count is accurate uh, greetings Gus greetings to callers and listeners uh, provided is my report uh, for this Friday, number one, I continue to bring the largest, heaviest orders purposely to white men and women at the grocery store. Particularly enjoyable is how flustered they get at all the nigger work they now have to do. That is actually a term in the dictionary. They have uh, they have spade work, uh, niggling. That's another one. That's an adjective. That's the same thing like nigger work. Lots of that. <laughs> language of white supremacy she continues some will mutter under their breath and some would throw all out tantrums to avoid work when the claim I they claim I have an attitude while the supervisor is there I call them lazy and call out that they are throwing a tantrum to offload their work to other hard-working employees the white females would e would usually escalate and say they are walking off their stations to which I respond thank you for approving my point work avoidance <laughs> that's when you see them really red and return back to their station to prove me wrong it's laughable to watch also when they ask me if I want bags I put on my most white sounding voice and say oh yeah so you know oh that's right they're Canadian <laughs> that's so funny that's the <sighs> if folks I guess wherever you are in the world or if you don't know they do uh, that is so Canadian like the oh yeah anywho number two I've been going through an anger phase an anger of having a life of opportunities stolen due to white supremacy racism that was the same this is what I said before the female called see we lost that's it is very frustrating upsetting to be on the losing team buddy <laughs> exactly what I was saying earlier though continuing so I would look up anonymously the LinkedIn and Facebook pages of some of the individuals instrumental in derailing my career. One individual became a supervisor. Another one is an assistant manager to the president of a Canadian bank. Another is an owner of a mortgage company. Another is a branch manager. Another is a manager of member services at a credit union. I feel I felt so angry. It reinforced to me that karma doesn't come most of the time. Hmm. 
That's when another thought came to mind, more of a question really. That question was, why am I angry about a bunch of frauds? Why am I angry about a system built on lies? Then it occurred to me that these perpetrators need you to evoke anger to justify value to their fraud lies. So as a counter to the anger, I have decided to do two things. First, allow myself time to feel the anger and process it natural, followed by adopting the position of indifference. These perpetrators are not within proximity to me. It is the flashbacks. What has been helpful to you if you've gone through bursts of anger like this? Three. Lastly, no more be from Toronto. Drum roll. My new designated name is Designated Black. Peace and blessings, Designated Black. Wow. That is going to be tough. I have to say that a few times. So I'm not saying be in Toronto. been saying it for years. Yikes. Designated black. No longer be in Toronto. Okay. Designated black. Um, I think all of the, what she said about processing anger, very logical for what I said before. When you look at anybody that's watching professional sports, you watch the playoffs or what have you, uh, your team lose a lot of time. They don't want to talk. I'm not doing the interview. I'm kicking the Gatorade bucket over, punch a hole in the wall. Like It is, man, it is frustrating to lose. We lost system of white supremacy. We were defeat conquered before we were even born. Like all of us that are on the planet right now. That said, these type of uh, incidents, I would say one is human nature to feel upset, like to have someone wrong you. And then, you know, where they prosper and for you to have a difficult time or have to waste a whole lot of time to rebuild and get a new job and all this other stuff while they're out just kicking, <laughs> enjoying a four day work week and promotions and all the rest of it is human nature to see that and be like man that is a disgrace I'm so upset like that's totally human I would say just process it I think sometimes as writing can be helpful just so that you can process everything uh, about what happened get it all out uh, and be done with it. or you could even record some people do that just kind of record where they can just this will be my one shebang to go over the whole situation about what happened how I feel about it and then bang done i can save the recording trash it whatever uh, you can write everything down burn it whatever save it forever publish it as a workplace journal workplace racism journal experience lots of different ways but i would say uh just processing it and then from then on you will you will definitely have those flashbacks uh, i would say there's simple things that you can do in terms of just breathing yogic uh just common you can have a mantra uh, if there are things that center you if you have children saying your child's name I know some folks said that they kind of just get centered with Dr. Welsing uh, particularly as you said like these are not folks who can harm you right now they're not in your you know proximity or what have you you don't work with them so you don't have to see them anymore uh, the system of as you said they're frauds the system of white supremacy like you do not have to be qualified or competent at all if you are classified as white to do well, get a job, move on. They got all the, in fact, they brag about it. All these different films and things where they brag about all these different people who lied about their credentials and dropped out of school and made all these mega companies and things. So, I mean, that's not really saying a whole lot that you are a white person and you got this job or that job or whatever it is. I mean, 
Jeffrey Epstein. And before he raped all those children in the process, lied about his credentials, teaching at the Dalton School and all this to get other jobs. And I mean, that's rampant. Varsity Blues, right? That documentary, all the cheating to get into college and all the rest of it. So, I mean, big whoop system of white supremacy is set up for you all to do all this and to not even meritocracy. Call it nepotism, cronyism. Anywho, um, but yeah, breathing exercises, I think mantras, I think that's also human to just, you know, we have memory for a reason, <laughs> particularly experiences that are traumatic. They might come back to you from time, from time to time. I would just, it would be, Hey, I'm, this is not going to be something that I'm going to invest the rest of the evening being upset about because when you replay those incidents, the emotions and the anger can come back. So just, you know, this did happen. not there anymore as I said Dr. Welsing's name or you have ancestors people that are important to you your child's name whatever this is something that I do just getting centered as they call it breath everybody breath you stop breathing you stop living that's one of the things that when you start getting upset you start quickening your that all the residents slow all that down Because you getting upset about it right now, it's not going to do anything. You can't, you know, unless it's a project that all this is geared towards. If that's not the case, deep breaths process. That's the problem that we're trying to solve system of white supremacy racism. That's what we're trying to solve. Much obliged. No longer be in Toronto designated black. I have to say that one a bunch of times to adjust after all these years. Uh, the number again, seven, two, zero. Seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. The email until justice at gmail dot com. Until justice at gmail dot com. Again, if we have attempted parents, can't be a spectator. And even on this one, if we have attempted parents, you shouldn't be a spectator, even if you're listening to the archives. Like, I wouldn't care if you're listening to this program. It is December of 2022. If you're an attempted parent and you hear this, cows are still on the air. Gus T hasn't been, you know, <laughs> crucified, <laughs> neutralized in some way. Uh email is until justice at gmail.com it's been the same for 13 years I can't imagine it changing unless something catastrophic happens so if I'm still answering emails hey until justice at gmail.com you can let us know hey what sort of information do you share with your offspring what would you tell a 16 year old we heard from Bay Area moms <laughs> I would say let's get out of retail forget all that security I love it the library she said get a nice lane job at the library it's air conditioned quiet <laughs> generally quiet you don't have to do any security well I guess they do have oh but they got the beeper at the library the thing that uh, you know the books go out you know I think they say people don't read now so I don't know I think you probably have more people trying to steal Twinkies and soda pop than books nowadays unless I've been misinformed library great job for young boy and that might even encourage a little reading on the sly 
other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, if you have commentary to share proceed just may I be heard yes sir Hi, good evening, Gus. Uh, this is the, the bus driver calling in that had all the problems the uh, last couple of weeks. Anyhow, I went for a job interview at another plantation, and uh, it seems like uh, they're very impressed with my qualifications. But I'm scared to go because uh, one of my friends told me that uh, the race soldiers at my uh, at my current uh, plantations, they all know each other uh, with, 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 with other school districts. So she told me that if I go, if I leave my current uh, district and I go to another district, they could get rid of me easily because once you're on probation, you know, they could, uh, they could find any reason to terminate you. So my friend, the other victim that told me this, she had gotten terminated from another uh from another uh, district because uh, a race soldier went and beat up one of the kids and she was on the bus and they blame her because they said that she should have known what the race soldier was doing uh, and, 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 and stopped the assault. And she said that she didn't have no idea that the race soldier was beating up the kid, but instead they fired her and gave the race soldier a warning. So she told me that to rethink uh, leaving that plantation because once I leave and I go on probation on another plantation, he said they could do some unjust networking and let me go for any other reason. So it's kind of frustrating that I, you know, in a way I got to stay there and deal with all this mess, you know. But uh, right now, you know, uh, I think that would be the best bet for me because I really want to leave because uh, it's a toxic environment. But at the same time, I don't want to just leave and then uh, get be easy target you know so uh so that's that's what's going on but on the flip side i got another part-time job they they just hired me uh earlier this week so i can work part-time and then work you know still work this other job you know but thanks for everything gus i really appreciate it and i meet my line bravo well i guess not bravo let me retract that but well i guess yeah did Bravo on getting the other job. Let me put it back in. Bravo for getting the other job. I always think that that's constructive. One, if you were you wanted uh, this other job, another source of income, hey, bravo. Glad you're able to get it. Uh, always nice to have that extra bit of security, especially if you're feeling like some trauma uh, with your current uh, place of employment that you already discussed. Uh, I would say, hey, I think we had a listener call in before where he had a black female coworker who kind of pulled him to the side and said, hey, they do not have any correct intentions for you. Moving forward, if I were you, I would begin looking for another job like right now. And because she got gave him that information, he was able to make some adjustments, make a great plan, switch things up. And it worked out way better for him just because she gave him that heads up. I say all the time, don't expect that. But I mean, wow, black self-respect seems like we got that again a little different circumstance but i mean hey just for that that is definitely something to consider both aspects of it one the probation because there have been many times where victims of racism that's how they got them start a new job and it's not even that they did anything wrong but they'll have for some jobs like woo, it could be a 180 day 
probationary period for some jobs it's 90 days like it's not a week it can be a long time and they have a lot of what's that word discretion to say oh you you know you were late too many times or you know you didn't you missed the trash can that day you forgot to flush the toilet yeah just not gonna work out <laughs> like any you didn't come to the christmas party like all kinds of goofy things uh to say that yeah the probationary pit so that is definitely something to consider the second aspect unjust networking absolutely white people are a gang like totally so the written particularly we're talking the school oh my god like all that unjust net going to the christmas party because those white chicks at the schools like man i've worked in that environment i've known lots of black people who work in that environment man the unjust networking networking gossiping rumors spreading oh my god like man they get together and all text messages and email and all the rest of it and uh meeting outside of work to get together and do a little wine and all the rest of it and gab and gab and gab and gab and gab like ugh. uh in all of that gabbing oh we got to talk about the niggers on the staff absolutely we got this uppity nigra here running around here telling on our little racist students think he's gonna go to another plant we'll fix his wagon let me call susan over here because i know susan and rebecca and jonathan i know the principal we went to school together same thing that i've said repeatedly today we lost that's what white supremacy racism means also means sometimes like dang that's what i told the female call i said hey you can't even leave the plantation because dang i gotta go and ask the plantation owner I'm leaving, I gotta go and ask his brother or cousin for a job. So I mean, eh, we lost. Just try to do the best that you can under the circumstances. I was even thinking for your situation, sir, it might be, uh, for most folks anyway, we are coming up on the end of the academic year. You could do it the professional way many people teachers administrators even cafeteria workers switch at the end of the school year better opportunity i'm moving something came up and all kinds of things and all the upheaval right now you might be able to do that where you can just you know beginning for the next academic year like that's my exit strategy i don't want to be here anymore and you should i mean hey they have lots of transition with the new school year what's the big deal that one is it's not you it's not calling as much attention if it makes sense you leaving during the academic year as opposed to you got through the year and bang you start out in september at a new district like lots of folks do that so that might be something if you think you can hang in uh for that time if that might be a way that uh, you can avoid some mistreatment in all of this uh, if we have other educators or folks, if they have any suggestions uh, on how best to transition and avoid uh, further mistreatment, unjust networking, definitely share. Uh, let's see. Much obliged. Good, sir. I guess congrats on the job. And yeah, hopefully you'll be able to figure out how best to extricate uh, yourself from that situation but definitely kudos to the black female to kind of that is at least in my view that is something important to consider that probationary period uh, because many a victim has been sabotaged having to wait it out before they are official official hired uh, let's see 
Uh, other folks, uh, if you have commentary to share, number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, let's see. While folks are taking a moment, I guess, to get their commentary, I'll see if I can sneak in another email. I said we had uh, racks of them uh, this time around. The emails continue. Uh, female victim of white supremacy writes in. Hi, Gus. Uh, apologies, I missed your email. Thank you. Oh, this is uh, female victim she wrote in last week so she was being sabotaged uh, it seemed like uh, racists had assigned another victim to kind of like spy on her and report back she was supposed to have a meeting with this non-white victim uh, who is like her subordinate and her white supervisor instead calls a meeting with this other non-white female that's at the same time so she ends up missing her meeting doesn't even tell her so she's sitting there like what's going on are we supposed to be having a meeting where are you and all the rest of it and it seems like the super the white female supervisor had this victim in specifically to talk about our cows listener reporter so this is the context all this from last week and i thought she did a great job said it last week in not getting frustrated, focusing her attention on this victim, saying, hey, the person who is responsible for this, the white woman, that's who I have to neutralize. And just saying, hey, I know this non-white person. Her assignment is to report back to the race soldier. I'm in control of that. I'm going to make sure everything that comes, every word, every syllable out of my mouth is precise, exact intended to be shared with the entire world context she continues uh, thanks for the commendation but in all honesty it has been the cow support uh, from family and the wisdom gained from being brutalized Oof. by racists in the workplace we can all put a hand up on that one that has helped me to change my approach but it is not easy and I still get stressed and ang there's that word again. I still get stressed and angered by the mistreatment. What is great is that the periods of anger do not last as long as they did in the past. I do get some respite in between racists and anti-black attacks. The non-white black female who allegedly reports to me is well aware of what she is doing and very pleased with the anti-blackness assignment given to her by my manager. The non-white female is very bold, so I've adopted new strategies for letting her know not to trifle with me without saying it explicitly and for neutralizing some of the racist attacks. Unfortunately, this is an ongoing battle as this racist is persistent. Mr. Fuller talked about that too, persistent. I sent both my manager and the non-white female an agenda when I have my one-to-one -one meetings. The meeting agenda for my meetings with the non-white female is the same each week. The only variation being the specific task we need to discuss. 
we cover well-being, work streams, learning and development, and any ad hoc issues that may arise. Each week I let her know of any specific matters I want to discuss in advance and give her the opportunity to put forward things she wants to pick up with me. I take a similar approach to my one-to-ones with my manager emailing her in advance to let her know what I want to get her input on. Brilliant. I also email the non-white female a list of actions and brief summary of what has been covered. It's clear they had got together for more unjust networking. Both questioned me when I first introduced this way of working each making a comment as if it is not usual practice to have an agenda for a meeting note summarizing agreed actions it is standard my manager asked me if that was the way I preferred to work and said it was fine if I did whilst this is a somewhat legitimate question as we've only been working together for about two months given this is standard in any workplace the fact that she asked the question to me was the unusual part it was her disingenuous way of telling me not to I said yes and didn't make any other justification love it sometimes in my opinion sometimes that's how we can refine our individual counter racist codes fewer words that's ongoing Gus T everybody working at that but fewer words I don't even need to explain particularly if this is standard operating procedure abroad yes this is the way I prefer to work and we can just move forward and particularly like I said when you know you've already concluded like I think there's some racism here <laughs> like they're just being tacky here and this is all about my self-defense anyway just having a record of what we're supposed to talk about what we did talk about all oh, that's in normal protocol they have recordings of meetings nowadays for goodness sake because so many so much of it has been on zoom and what have you so we have a whole video recording of exactly what everybody said emojis all of that what are you talking about even Jeff Tubin so what are we talking about hmm she content brilliant she's continuing uh a week after missing my meeting the non-white female had the boldness to tell me that it is not unusual to be so oh wait a minute, wait a minute. sorry my bad a week after missing the meeting the non-white female had the boldness to tell me that it's not usual to be so formal in the organization and that she takes notes so there's no reason for me to take them and she does not want to waste my valuable time I calmly told her that she does not or she that the notes help me to keep on top of her workload and that I am a fast typer so it only takes me a few minutes I have continued to send her the agenda and notes each week what is fascinating is that she continuously tells me she knows what she is doing and is used to carrying out the tasks she has been assigned and that she takes notes yet will call me five minutes later to say she is confused I continue to be a supportive manager and advise her Whew. 
Bravo. Again, that, in my opinion, takes a lot of patience because I know it can be, it's just so frustrating. There's so many anger. That's where we've used a lot today. It's human to be angry, these sort of situations. And I feel like so frequently we've been conditioned white supremacy, racism, and that anti-blackness. We've been conditioned to talk down to black people, to talk to them like they're stupid. As he may talked about that yesterday from white people, we respond like them. I said that to Bay Area mom before when white teachers probably been bad mouthing her, talking bad about her in front of the students. And so the non-white students. And so they pick up on that. Oh, you're nothing. You're just some old nigga woman. I talk to you any kind of way. You're nothing. You're nobody. That is widespread around the world. And so just to have a black person like you, who do you think you are giving me notes, talking to me? I don't need you to tell me. I know everything. You don't tell me anything. Now, I super, super, super bet any amount of money people want to put down. If she was reporting to a white supervisor, male, female, transgender, whatever, even a white child. If that white LGBTQ child was sending her notes in the exact same manner as our female caller listener, it would not be all this sass and backtalk and lip. She would take those notes and move forward and she might even tighten up a little bit because, man, I'm sending you the notes and then you got to keep coming back to me every five minutes because you're confused. Like what in the world? But patience to not get frustrated with other non-white people, other black people. Very important. She continues. Uh, The non-white female also critiques me to my face as if she is my manager, which I know is due to the conversations she has had with my manager. I'm relatively new to the organization. So the non-white female constantly challenges me when I give her instructions, telling me the way things should be done. She is often wrong. What I find most fascinating is how she comments on my way of working. Apparently, I am very calm, which she can work with. We often are given assignments that need to be completed at short notice and can be complex. She recently informed me that I don't like a particular request, which has been challenging because the requirement is not clear and will not be for a while. I replied that I do not have favorite assignments and that I focus on getting the work done. Just being a professional. I love it. What her statement revealed to me was the lie she was planning to tell about my ability to cope if I had replied differently. Mm. It's so and see that right there. That alone is frustrating feeling like all the time or it can be I'll say it this way I think adjusting to it it can be frustrating like oh my god everything I say you're going back and report and how we can take this out of context and twist it around and use it against you and it just after a while like oh okay I'm not really I'm not talking freely this is not about me giving my opinions on things it's just about being a professional because really as a professional I really don't have professional or favorite assignments I'm just trying to get the work done to the best of my ability efficiently that's really the professional attitude to have not about you know this is my favorite assignment or this or that or I don't like this I'm just trying to get the work done 
professionally, correctly, efficiently, and get paid correctly, hopefully get a raise for doing so. Uh, let's see. She continues. She's on her anti-blackness assignment, but that does not mean she's the best tool for my manager's agenda. She's very obvious or maybe just brazen. I have considered offloading her to another manager as soon as possible. But at the moment, I need a resource and it's likely my manager will still use her to spy on me, even if she has a different line manager. That is probably likely to race soldiers. They, you know, make up the rules as they go. Keeping her line manager also gives me some control over her antics as I am responsible for her performance management. They could also replace her with a race soldier. And we know how that goes. Lots more to say next week. Thank you for the platform for sure much obliged for sharing again I just I think that's so important because so many non-white people around the world and really all this, this talk about the silver tsunami and even with all these labor shortages both of those together probably means lots more non-white people will be coming in to take these jobs you're going to have white people leaving uh, calling in Florida at the courthouse talked about a number every week he said the warden she's leaving been there some 30 years he said been there like longer than he's been alive almost and such and then they get in some other white fella uh, who's been working for the court system for 30 years another one almost as long as he's been alive lots of these white folks will be retiring they're going to have to be replaced many non-white people will be taking these positions so this could be become much more widespread than it already is uh, having non-white people who've been assigned to come in and spy on you and report back, they might not even be aware. She said this person, you know, is brazen about it and all that and bold and proudly carrying out her duties. That does happen. Sometimes this happens where they don't even know. So you have to have the same level of codification being precise with every syllable you say, even if you're just talking to a confused victim who doesn't even know that, dang, that's my task. I just report back on what this Negro is doing, even though I don't know that that's what I'm tasked to do. I just, you know, check because some of us do. We just love to chit chat and blah, blah, blah. And so all they have to do is ask a question or two. And, you know, we will spill the beans voluntarily. Lots to be codified about, but great job of being patient and just using logic to neutralize another victim of racism in a workplace setting who's being used incorrectly without focusing frustration on name calling all the rest just solving a problem how do I keep conflict down to a minimum with this non-white person and keep from them from harming me excellent work ongoing work unfortunately uh, let's see number again 720 Seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Do not wait till the last uh, few minutes to dial in. Uh, we have uh, I don't know ten so minutes left in the broadcast. So if folks have other commentary. Certainly, if we have any recommendations for younger folks, children in the workplace, definitely share. Uh, and or if we have any suggestions for minimizing uh, unwanted attention 
in the workplace, females trying to keep males from, you know, all those comments and all the rest of it uh, in a professional environment. Any suggestions there or any other commentary folks want to uh, add in? Feel free. Folks might be satisfied. We'll check in uh, one more time. There was a report. I saw this report. Then a listener emailed me uh, that, oh, man, did you see this? Uh, we did hear from retired firefighter. Uh, the report was black firefighters still make up only 15 percent of Chicago's fire department. Uh, the article Quint, uh, Quintian, I think that's how you say it, Quintian Curtis said he's tired of talking about racism and the Chicago Fire Department, it's no secret that the black firefighters have lagged far behind their white counterparts for decades. What the veteran fire lieutenant emergency medical technician would like to focus on is how more training training could increase the number of black candidates applying for firefighting jobs, leading to more black people in the ranks. A clause in a collective bargaining agreement from the early 1980s requires the department to strive for as close to 45 percent minority representation as possible in all ranks. He didn't say black minority representation can mean a whole lot of things. LGBTQ elderly females white women like any and everything but black people continues the department of nearly 4,800 uniform members currently has 721 black employees which represents 15% of that number 422 are firefighters 35 of them women according to department numbers the Tribune received in a records request Hispanic representation is higher at 18% the department's most common rank firefighter EMT had 277 black employees compared with 796 white 283 Hispanic according to a personnel report from the city offices city's office of public safety administration on the paramedics side the numbers are more stark the department had 33 black paramedics compared with 257 white and 76 Hispanics. The department's command staff, including captains, lieutenants, engineers, and battalion chiefs, is also largely white and male. Of course. I love Mr. Uh, Curtis. He said he was not interested in continuing to talk about racism. What are we going to do to change this number so that it's not black people in Chicago no less where they have tons of black people are only 15% of the firefighters and that is a widespread pattern and has been for a very, very like forever uh, in terms of black people not being allowed to have those jobs which sometimes can be very cushy uh, sometimes they come with lodging uh, sometimes permanent lodging depending on the fire uh, department that you're at the location and everything benefits pension probably lots of other perks for individuals classified as white but I mean they have done a great job uh, with fire departments and many others where it's almost Negroes need not apply in fact Mr. Uh, Curtis 
reminded me of old retired firefighter. They had his picture up in the article because he does work to try to recruit and train uh, young black people to come and be firefighters and all that good stuff. It's like, hmm, looks like someone we've heard from. Yes, that's a universal problem, especially in this part of the world. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, in the large cities, uh, the salaries in most of those places is pretty good. Uh, and, you know, for, for the educational qualifications is high school you, you don't you, I mean you, you don't have to be uh, have any uh, uh, college experience at all uh, and but yet you would make as much or more uh, as uh, someone who's been to college uh, uh, to a doctoral degree uh, and uh, it's it, it's not it's I suspect is also if not so uh, to non-white people who are rich classified as black. Uh, the only thing that most of us would know about the fire department is it could be dangerous, you know, and and that's it. They they don't they don't know about these things. Healthcare insurance, not only for yourself. But for, uh, you know, uh, if you have uh, quote unquote family, that sort of thing. And, uh, and, and like I said, in most of the large cities, the retirement is uh, very good uh, because they have these they have these unions that are like gangsters. <laughs> They'll show up to the uh, to the uh, county or city city meetings uh, in order to get what they want. Uh, with T-shirts on and stating, "Well, you know, uh, uh, it it uh, for a emergency call, uh, it may take us a little longer uh, if you don't give these things that we need in order to uh, uh, be uh, up to date on far as uh, time getting to your emergency, and they get what they want, you know, from that standpoint." And uh, they 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 have a very tight uh, uh, hold on uh, whatever county or city that they are affiliated affiliated with these uh, unions. But uh, and it's hard to break the the uh, white ethnic traditions that most of these fire services have. You know, and what I mean by that is, is white people who are are uh, Irish. You know, and, and it's funny because in it was well, not funny in uh, Dade County. It's changed from from uh, white people who speak English to white people who speak Spanish, but it's still white people. You know, and so. Uh, they, uh, you know, it's, 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 it is very difficult to get one of those jobs in most places uh, in large cities. Yep. 
deliberately difficult oh, yeah. to get one of those jobs for people classified as black, especially uh, from there. And like I said, widespread all over. That's another one where you can look at what does it mean to be classified as white? Uh, I think Dr. Cambon, his turn now, he was talking about the police department, which is has been very similar for many, 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 many decades uh, in terms of white welfare. That's what Dr. Cambon said, where just what uh, retired firefighter said, hey, fire department, you don't have to go to Harvard. You don't have to go to Yale. <laughs> you don't have to even get an HBCU diploma high school you can be mark for oh he didn't even get mark Furman. he didn't even they probably hooked mark Furman up anyway but uh high school diploma that's it and you can make same salary as though you're an ivy leaguer and benefits pension take care of benefits for your family pension for your retirement be and all the respect you want in the community everyone oh, the fire we gotta stop and oh my goodness the fire department oh, oh cushy job like talked about that for years uh in the world and just for the same some reason we just can't figure out how to get niggers hired they could get females high white women hired and can get so-called uh hispanics now for that one they should have included are these white hispanics so-called or non-white hispanic because i mean if you as he said just found some individuals classified as white they can me amo espana like come on Come on, you practice racism and you went to Spain for a little while or Mexico or whatever, Cuba for a little while, study. Come on, come on. They are spectacular and, and they double dip on that one because they'll say, hey, we got somebody who's Spanish speaking. That's a minority. See, we don't have that many Spanish speakers. Okay, see, uh, deliberate, all of it, not by accident. Uh, many things to be frustrated about uh, in the system of racism, white supremacy just trying to figure out the best way and exactly as he said, if you're classified as white, hey, you can be gangster about things, we're going to get what we want or hey <sighs> I might be a little bit slow answering the next call when there's a fire that's the same thing the police, I said it's like the same thing, just two different gangs uh, who are like cousins uh, that's what they thought, oh you all talking about defunding the police and oh you want to talk with George Floyd and all the rest, oh uh, might be a little slow responding to those eh, 911 eh, I gotta stretch eh, eh. give out a few less tickets this month Till you all come to your senses about these coons out here that we have to rough up from time to time. That Eric Garner's not an upstanding citizen. I'm the, what the, New York's finest, or whichever city you happen to be in Miami Dade's finest. Talking about these no count black people. Same thing with the police department because they didn't hire black people for the police department either. And that was another exactly what he said ethnic notions. They were the, the Irish or the Italians or whatever it is. All the same gang. Yes, sir. And all of the all of the credentials that you can acquire while on the job that they pay for, you can you can also uh, be going all over the world. That that uh, group that has the dogs and and you know when disasters take place, like the buildings that the, the apartment complex that the latest thing with the apartment complex that fell down down here uh you know about five six months ago they go all over the world <laughs> they literally go all over the world 
uh, with these things. And I mean, of course, they get they get paid big time, you know, to do this uh, this training. And uh, you know, the the ideal firefighter, all of these athletic black males who who and and you know, in order to get in order to qualify NCAA, you have to have some some grades some high school grades and whatnot in order to be qualified at some of these colleges that they'd be going to. So I know they're qualified for the fire department as far as educational wise, academic wise, and, and, and a person that's an athlete, you know, can do the job relatively very easy. It was for me, you know, from that standpoint, although I, it's not, it's not basically known as being easy from a physical standpoint but if you're an athlete it is the only thing you know the only the, the biggest difference is is how you behave uh in the dangerous situations and i'm not a fool i was scared of fires <laughs> and i don't like to be closed in you know that sort of thing but i was able to overcome the fears and get the job done that sort of thing you know and uh uh but uh I mean, it's not. It's not. It's definitely not sold enough. You, you go to the high schools that I coached at. Most of them are predominantly black, and there is no efforts at all at those schools that I was coaching at, where the job of the fire department was actually kind of like pushed and promoted. Not a police department was, but then again, you know, you look at every every other television program on the regular channels, and it's something about the police department. And then, then again, if anybody sees the police enough as black people, then the areas where we stay at, you know. But uh, the fire department is not really it's not really pushed that that all. I didn't know anything about it. The only thing I knew when I got the job was was red fire truck, and they're heading towards something that most people be running away from. And that's it. But it's much more than that. You you could be on that job and don't even don't even go in a fire for twenty five years. You know that. You know and make more money than the guys who do. You know so yeah, it's a lot of opportunities there, and that's the reason why it's so difficult for black people to get that job. Thank you. Not by accident at all um yeah and and i was thinking the same thing i don't ever remember i remember people coming i remember police officers coming like to our school and talking to us at different times and people talking about the police department as a you know possible job option that's what certainly you know the armed services and all that we'll put a rifle in your hand go and shoot down dark people and all that anywhere in the world i don't ever remember even anyone like hinting hey the fire department. What? Like I don't ever remember that being something where it was suggested, hinted at, like yeah, like even something to remotely uh consider. And I mean like he said, like, hey, they got sometimes you get to go to the club. Not when it's on fire. You get to go when it's, you know, ladies' night at the club and just let me make sure I do the count. Make sure you all Okay, you're only supposed to have 200 people here. Okay, 
uh, just hang out. Man, it's going to take me a while. I might have to stay for another 20 minutes. <laughs> that is the job right. sometimes, unless I'm confused. And I think you get paid very well to go to the club yeah. on ladies' night. And just, let me make sure. So the fire code says you can't have any more than 300 people. So one, two. Oh, what's your name? Oh, I, let me pull out my card. Woo, shine up my badge because I work at the fire department. Got my, oh, we'd be responsible so you don't give them the workplace number. You just, you know, personal email or whatever. Let me call. Woo, got confused. Let me start my count over. Might have to hang out for another 10 minutes, but I mean, you could get paid very well. Go to the football game. That's another one. Got to have the fire department. They have the police. Got to be there. Fire department. That's another one. Got to count. All that safety has and all. I mean, whew. Right, great job. and that's that's overtime. Those are overtime mm. jobs. Mm. And the, the last thing, the, the another big problem of black people not getting hired is nepotism. <laughs> I mean, not just not just not just father and son. Not just father and son is is uh, uh, father and daughter, uh, uh, and uh, uh, white people don't talk about cousins, cousins and whatnot, stuff like that. But it, it, it's even that. Uh, re- relatives, relatives, because the origins, the origins of a lot of these fire departments, and I definitely know about Miami-Dade County, was that the county would, the county gave would give a citizen a fire truck at their, and they would drive the fire truck to their home. This is how it started: drive the fire truck to their home, and that's what that's that was the station, and it was just them. And then they decided to add on two people. So what would that guy, that white guy, do? He would go get his son or his nephew <laughs> and say, "Come here, boy. I'm gonna show you how to. I'm gonna show you Uncle Uncle Roger is gonna show you how to work this fire truck and show you what we do when we go on a fire." The first fire stations when I first got on were a white person's house. It was a white person's house. That they eventually during that time when I got on, they had already sold the house to Miami Dade County, but it was still a house, you know. Uh, and so that, but the tradition of nepotism still exists, and I, and I definitely know it's in New York, definitely know it's in Chicago, and it's definitely in Miami Dade County, in the city of Miami, you know. Uh, that 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 tradition. Still lingers. Maybe a few blacks, but not that many of them. <laughs> and I mean, a teaspoon. And and many of them brawl, fight the entire way. Like, you know, it was not, all right. We had, I mean, total brawl, fight the whole way. They even had... Uh, one black male they went uh, the firefighters went and attacked his house I believe they set his house on fire I have to go back to get the report because this was like maybe a few years back but they were so upset about having this black male in the fire department that they set his personal house on fire in response I mean (sighs) so lots of reasons to be angry lots of reasons for us to you know have a sense of urgency about getting this problem solved that word cronyism again nepotism 
again <laughs> that's why i said like if you're a white person like that's not really anything to brag about you know you did this you got this job you did what even the president like my goodness uh for george w bush like geez for you to be like so what all the advantages and what have you how could you not be president and that apply. I mean, the system of racism, white supremacy, welfare, just welfare and welfare. I said that the fire departments a lot of time and even some places, these little small towns and stuff, they still have a house <laughs> like that ends up being a part of the deal. Like you'll right. see all kinds of goofy benefits and stuff where you might get a house the whole time that you've had it with your family. None of that is by accident. Many, many reasons. For us to be serious and motivated about solving this problem. That's it. Uh, we will be here tomorrow. Uh, compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, tune in. We'll catch up on what has gone down over the past uh, seven days or so. Anywho, much obliged for all the folks who wrote in, uh, folks who participated live. Hope it was worthy of your Friday evening. Uh, sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism. Uh, we will need high level thinking to solve our problems. Uh, in addition to being sober, uh, if you're out and about, if you see someone being rowdy and hostile, exit. Uh, this is not a time for uh, having any sort of verbal confrontation with a stranger. You should be thinking the person could be armed, even the shoplifters. Uh, if you didn't leave your residence prepared to die and or kill exit uh, if you are in a vehicle you are sober buckled not on your mobile phone we need all of our attention and we're trying to do the small things to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no all of that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim no brother problem. you're a victim uh, i'm a up. victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my condition mm -hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned uh.